0: We are on the website right of the uh, home.
1: Theater nerds, welcome to Brightside Home Theater Podcast. The Home Theater Podcast, it's all about the experiences, the sights, the sounds, the scenes, the going out of business, uh, the special edition takeover Tuesdays. Because of that, I brought in Giles McCoy from Giles McCoy YouTube channel. Giles, thank it's you. It's crazy very how they much. match up like that. I know. I said, what are the odds that that would, that you had the channel there and then you were like, I gotta do this one. Um, but. Giles, you and I met at CEDIA. We had that—that that, you know—we met that morning on Sat, uh, that Friday morning, I think it was Friday morning, so. in, in front of the right. Gramani, the Gramani booth, and um, you know, there was that we had the incident at the end of the day. You weren't there for that, uh, but yeah, so we had to have. I'm sorry to say, but because of the way we reacted that morning, we need a moderator because we are like the hotheads of home theater. That's true. So, I okay. mean he might go mm. off the rails. Yes. Yes. So I I figured I'd bring in Brett because he kind of smoothed us out that morning. Brett Bjorquist, market maker. He's here to keep us calm, keep us on track, keep this keep this show very tight and limited because that's what he's good at, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> in this corner. <laughs> that's my boy. <laughs> oh, how you doing, guys?
2: What's going on? (laughs) I don't think it could be any better. This is as good as it gets. Hey, You know, I got, I, I will say I got, I got two great friends on here. Uh, as, as DJ said, (laughs) uh, you guys met while you guys were coming in to come see me in, uh, sound room 10 with Grimani and Seymour and, uh, row one and, and, uh, and storm audio. And so, uh, no, I appreciate you guys coming out for that. Um, Cedia was absolutely tremendous. And I'm glad guys like you are getting together because uh, again, very distinct personalities or shows, let's say, mm-hmm. in, in how you guys cover things. Um, but good people with both of you. So uh, you. I'm happy to moderate yeah, yeah. this.
3: And uh <laughs> heart is warmed. That's right. I yeah. that feel so so good.
2: <laughs> oh, oh. So but warm. but really, I was chatting with DJ yesterday, right? And uh and I heard that we were doing a Zipidi. Out of business discussion with Giles, who Giles, I've seen your videos and, you know, all your yeah. stuff on, on Zapiti so far. Uh, and I said, well, you know what? I, I may have some opinions on this topic. <laughs> you? <laughs> I may have know opinions? a little bit about, you know, <laughs> streaming versus disc versus this and that. And so, um, as everybody knows, I'm not, you know, I don't have a deep, uh, horse in this race. Uh, you know, I was at Clyde Escape before. So just so everybody's clear on it, I still help them out with some of their trainings. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but like I said, I, I run my own shop now helping other businesses with trainings as well. So, uh, I just wanted to make sure that if people had some questions or any other clarifications, that I was here to to maybe lend a hand into that. But otherwise, I'm going to let you guys go through it for the main part. And just separate
1: us, you know, kind of like when we right, need to. Right. It's like that's, I, I should have added that's, a ding ding to my board here, but I didn't. I should have.
3: Um, all, all, all I know is that on this side, no, this side, yeah, this, you're this right. side, you're gonna have the yay kaleidoscape, and are you on team kaleidoscape or not? I don't know. Me? Yeah. Oh man,
1: Ask that's listeners. a whole different show. That is my, different- my listeners have a drinking game every time I say kaleidoscape. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's awesome. That's there awesome. you go, my boy Kevin. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna participate yeah. in this because, one. Thank you. So uh, on my show, what basically we do is. The basis of our show is, um, review scenes and movies. So it, we'll, we'll go through. It's me, Steve, Steve George. He's over in, um, uh, England and my buddy John lives in Texas and we get together and we all come at it from, we all have distinct theaters and experiences and we just talk about the movies, right? So I'm the only one with the kaleidoscape. And so we will say, I watched this on, you know, Blu-ray, DVD or, uh, 4K DVD or streaming and we'll talk about it. But then if I watch something on Kaleidoscape, I'm like, I watched it on Kaleidoscape. I did this. So it's like, Oh, here goes DJ again. And people, they're they're, they're all good about it. It's all good. So, um, so yeah, I think we are all Kaleidoscape people here, right? I mean, yeah, I know that, but, um, but yeah, so we'll get to, let's, let's get right to the meat of it. And then I do want to talk because this was supposed to be, you know, a hangout with Giles and get to know you and get to know your past. And we'll, we'll do that. We got time, right? You got time. Getting to, to know <laughs> you. There you go. I the <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, so let's get right to the, the P T situation <laughs> with the extra I, with the extra I at the special I at the end. Don't forget to dot it. Um, and we've all discussed it a little bit, but let's, you know, in true professional fashion, let's redo that and, uh, we'll see where it's going because I, I really like Giles. I loved your video yesterday breaking down everything from, as, as I said, um, you got, you go plex to. Kaleidoscape and all the different formats in the middle. And I'm only comparing those two as like kind of the bookends. The Plex is like isn't that like the ultimate DIY? And then you mm-hmm. have all like the ZDUs, dos was in there and this, that and the other. And there's a bunch of them in there. Zoom and then obviously Kaleidoscape at the end. So at the other bookend. So you broke all of that down great. Um, where Um Where do we see, how do you feel about this whole entire thing. What were your first impressions when you heard this?
3: Well, my first impression was I'm not surprised that this is happening um, because it, it, you know this is a this is a good lesson for everyone, uh, particularly for those that you know kind of like to look back at the history of home theater and this kind of technology. And maybe a really good place to start is why, right? And we've we've been able to put together from. All of the little comments that have been made a pretty definitive why this is happening, and ultimately this comes down to legal troubles for Zipidi in France, right? And the legal troubles, as far as we can tell, uh, because you know they're not explicitly saying anything, um, but it it comes down to uh, the ripping of copyright copyrighted content, breaking encryption on disk, and creating a product that does that. And as we all know, uh, there's another company that we all know and love that had these woes a number of years ago, right? And that's Clydescape, right? Yeah. And they went bankrupt and it was horrible for them and they almost went out of business. Or maybe <laughs> they did. I don't, Brett, can you say they went out of business? They went out of business, right? You know, they 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 did and then they reformed literally like a day
2: later. So exactly. I mean, it's, but, so yeah, when you look at it, they say it, they went, let's say, I think the official is they went bankrupt, not out of business. Certainly. Meaning that any of their people that had purchased the system, their discs could still be played the entire time and everything else. So the system never not worked. It always it always worked for the owners. Um, but yes, they they absolutely did uh, go bankrupt. Basically, reformatted themselves, got a new investor in there, and then they were back up. I believe, like literally, like two days later. <laughs> yeah.
3: So the the take home message is: don't release products that facilitate the breaking of encryption on disk for whatever purpose, right? And that's, so that's what happened, right? That, you know, the the big hammer of the law came down on them and now they are. Well, this is,
1: and here's, that was my first impression. But as far as I know that, like, I'm speculating that. I have no idea why they went out of business. I'm doing the same. I came to the same conclusion because we saw the NAS get dropped. There, there's a PD NAS get dropped. In the US, it, they weren't allowed to sell it anymore. So that's, that's a fact, right? So that is not allowed to be sold in the US. Okay. So they can't do that anymore. So you could between that and now what we're, what we're reading here is it was probably the same thing as what happened with when I go way, way back to Napster, right? Napster happens and it was, it wasn't a big deal at the beginning. But then as they grew, and I think what happened, my opinion, what happened with the PD is they got so big that it's like, we got to smack down on this because we can't have them. We can't have this. We can't have too many people. And instead of going after all the individuals, you just shut the company down or tell, threaten the company with lawsuits or whatever. And like you mentioned, it happened to Kaleidoscape and I've, I've said it on my show a bunch of times. I. I take that what happened to Kaleidoscape as, and I think we're going forward, we're going to look at what happened to Kaleidoscape a little differently in that it's a strength of theirs. Because as of right now, Zepedi is nothing. They're done, right? And they're saying, maybe we'll get an an app or something. Kaleidoscape fought and fought to keep themselves afloat, to keep a, a product out there that they believed in. And then it ended up being sued by the studios and are now working with them. And that's all they're looking for. Right. And it's like, so I, I, I think that's a feather in Kaleidoscape's cap that they worked that hard to do that. And I've always thought that it's like, and cause that was, that goes back over 10 years, right? Something like that. That, that yeah, the pretty whole much lawsuit. right around there. Cause we're yeah, so a while ago. Yeah. And then <laughs> it took them 10 years to get to that point because they had to grow big enough to warrant the law, the lawsuits.
2: And and I'm gonna I just clarify just a, a few pieces in there as, as we mm-hmm. go, DJ. But that's basically right. But when when you look at at really what happened in there, uh, it wasn't actually the studios specifically. It was actually the Blu-ray organization. So okay. if you looked at how things were going at that point, you know, in in the beginning of time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, you know, knows that you how to work VH- mic. <laughs> That's right. When when you had VHS, uh, you know, nobody was really paying attention to it, right? You snapped the tab, you were good to go. You saw the big old FBI warning right on the front, like you do still, uh, on anything other than a Kaleidoscape. Um, but uh, do I have to drink when I say it, DJ? <laughs> no. Let's <laughs> <That's> ask <laughs> the listeners. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, as DVDs came out, nobody was really paying that much attention to it. Obviously, DVD growth was huge. You know, DVDs were a great platform, but the quality was low enough and things were still out there that nobody really paid attention When Blu-ray came out in that higher quality, it was considered to be closer to the way the originals were. And the, you know, so, uh, granted, we've bypassed that now with 4K and things like that. But, you know, at the time you had a big jump between, uh, you know, what was 480p on a disc, uh, and what you had in Blu-ray. And so Blu-ray came out and the organization, because they have a license on that, and they basically said, Hey, look, you can't, you can't rip the discs. And so, uh, in this know, they, country, each country is different too, and each country different. different but, but realistically, U.S. Mm-hmm. market you know carries a lot of weight, and so right. uh, and and they're going to follow suit in the other countries. So basically, there was a lawsuit. Um, you know, they they didn't win. I'll say, you know, Kaleidoscape fought on behalf of the people because the idea mm-hmm. was. You probably bought the disc. I'm sure somebody sat there at some point and rented something at their local blockbuster, <laughs> which was available. Or, or a lot of somebody's. Uh, fair enough. But we don't want to, you know. Yeah, but we all The talk idea about was that. a lot of people also just wanted a backup of their movies, right? And that's that's always been the biggest discussion in this, whether you're a Plex guy, the PD, whatever it is, is do I have the right to be able to back up my disc? I bought a movie. Shouldn't I be able to make a digital copy of it? You know, and and personally, sure. I mean, I, I understand the idea of of being able to do it, um, but you're not allowed to. I mean, you know, yeah. and and that's the reality of it. And that's because so many people end up ripping it without buying it and, you know, uh, and basically pirating the movie. And so that's why Blu-ray comes down on it. And sure. so as they did, you know, it basically Kaleidoscape reorged itself to say, well, that's fine. Then we will work with the studios. And we will put something together that allows us to do that, and that takes a lot of time and effort, you know. And I think that's just like you said, DJ is is where Kaleidoscape comes in. And often, people are so quick to say, "Oh, that's so expensive," or they're ripping people off, or they're doing this and that. And I, you know, look, it's not an inexpensive player, and and I'm not. You know, crazy fanboy. Obviously, I have one. I love it. I work there. I still do some stuff with them. But, you know, but the point being, I've always said, hey, if you, you know, if you own a Plex, whatever you own, Zipidi, you know, yeah. Zidu, any of these, like, you know, just yeah. enjoy the movies. That's really what this is about. Um, but at the same time, you you have to do it the right way. And if you don't have a relationship with the studios, if you don't have the ability to say, hey, this is coming out, we're going to get it sometimes now, even ahead of time. And you can actually buy the movie and you own it, right? This isn't a rental. This isn't the, the discussions mm-hmm. on Amazon and being able to take a movie away from you. They, they can't do that effectively. It's on your hard drive. Um, you know, they built a structure that, that works, you know, and, and so as people came out, I understand why, uh, but as products like Zapd come out and say, well, we can do it for less. You know, people said they wanted a couple thousand dollar player. Great. We came out with a couple thousand dollar player. And from a hardware standpoint, yes, I understand. And that's true, but you don't have the backend support. You know, that backend support costs millions of dollars a year. And that's why your Kaleidoscape product costs that much because it's not just what the hard drive and the metal and the, you know, and and the wires and the circuit board, you're paying for uh, guys like Luke and, uh, you know, and the Kaleidoscape team that sit there and watch every movie and make sure that everything's right. And if there right. is an issue, re-update it and work with the studios to make sure that, you know, those movies are coming out. And every time there's a sale on movies, which, you know, it, during my time in there uh, went up dramatically, right? You hmm. used to not have a whole lot of, you know, movie sales. And that was the issue was, well, movies are 30 $40. Well, now they're not. You know, they're the same price as what they are when you go to retail. And I, I think that that's the big piece is that when you look at what any of these competitors do, you know, you can say, okay, go to ZDU, you can go over here, or there. Um, but it's, you're always going to run into the same risk, which is, and, and yes. look, I've built hundreds of products. So it's not even specific yeah. to Flight Escape. Any hardware product that requires, I mean, I came from Logitech. This is the heart of the same yeah. exact issue. I can sell you a $400 remote. But I still have to have a $2 million, you know, backend software development team that makes sure that the newest products get uploaded and that, you know, and that all the different things work. And even if I stop selling hardware today, I have to support it in order for you guys to be able to continue to use it. And I think that's what we're seeing here is yeah, they can build an app. They can do whatever else, but oh, but your, uh, you know, information on the movies may not show up or you're going to lose your GUI or you're going to lose this and that. And that's not the experience that people wanted. And I think that's where. You really have to be able to to figure out who you put your money on, uh. which is, you know, it, you can't have that many products, right. you know, and it has to be done the proper way. Or you risk, you know, the studios or Blu-ray or whomever else uh, coming after you because you're technically breaking the, the rules, you know. Right. So, so, Giles, yesterday when you broke
1: down every, like all the ones in between, you and I talked – after, well, after I watched your video, you and I were talking about that and it was like, it's, I think those are great alternatives, but do, I mean, we were saying like, do you, we think that this is a temporary thing? Not like, like maybe go to a Zidu or something, but when we say temporary, or when I'm saying temporary, sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Um, like five years, 10 years, that maybe this could be like this ripping thing, maybe they go after that in five, 10 years from now, that isn't the case you're not going to be able to do those things. And that's what we kind
3: of wanted to warn people about maybe. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about options in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this all comes down to how can people uh, watch content. Right. And there has to be a source for the content Uh, from a Kaleidoscape perspective. You download it, right. You get it from them and they have all the agreements. Um, The other, the far side of that, the exact opposite of Clydescape is streaming, right? And you get your content from those people. All right. And then in the middle, um, everything else, I'm I'm just thinking everything else is based off of physical media, Mm -hmm. right? It, It, the source is physical media. So, um, in, in a, in the real world, in, in the, I'm not doing anything weird world. You have to have a disc. Right, and then you can put it in a display and you watch it, and that's how the product is marketed. Right, um, people have created things where they can take the disc and then they can break the encryption and they can copy off the file and then they can export it and push it into an MKV, and then that creates the market for Zippy, Zadoo, Dune, Plex, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So now, what what does that future look like? Right, is this going to be something that that happens in the in the long term? Well. Ah uh, part of it is what's what's the future gonna be for physical media right? and that's a continuously changing kind of thing. Uh, what's gonna be the difference of uh, of technology for transport uh meaning internet that kind of stuff, right? so in five years, ten years, what does that look like because as that gets better, quality on streaming gets better, right mm. and I think that will create a decline in physical media um Except for collectors, right? You can all. It's always with the exception of collectors. Collectors are going to collect, right? Look behind me. I collect. I've got this. That's all books, right? Um, and I'm never going to read them again, but I like to keep them, right? And there are yeah. people that have lots of, you know, they collect discs, right? And and you know, they may never watch them again, but they want them, right? So that that market will always be there. But for everybody else in the world, you know, we're, it's it's going to go like this. Meaning streaming is coming up, and and physical media is going down. Hmm. So, um. What happens in that world in a, in a post physical media world? All this ripping stuff it it, it goes away. really starts to sunset, right? Right. And who's to say that down the line they won't come out with a new format, right? Maybe the A K Association gets together with the Blu Ray Association, and they're like, "We're going to create some real encryption." Yeah. Right. There is no way you're breaking encryption on our, our on our new discs, right? And that would put all of this stuff out of business. For sure. And if they Overnight, wanted to, they yeah. could create that level of encryption, um, where, you know, you're, you're not getting into that stuff anymore. So yeah, yeah I mean, the, this whole market of ripping and all these things could go away. And here's yeah. another great example. Um, who's the granddaddy of, of the ripped, uh, library? That's Plex, right? You know, if well, you, if- I would say going way back at Snapster.
1: That's where it all, in my opinion, that's where it all started. Everything evolved after, basically off of that, including Kaleidoscape. Napster came out in the late 90s and then was sub, sub, you know, shut down iTunes sure. iTunes evolved out of that right, from because a, from a
3: music point from a of rip, but yeah right. from a ripping, ripping side but of content the whole
1: idea of ripping content yeah. the idea of being and that was sh- that was literally sharing right and that's what i think everybody's afraid of because i mean the literal first first part of the evolution was me letting brett see my computer and he could download from california but oh wait on napster it's like oh but giles has got the better connection so i'm gonna do his and i'll do you guys remember doing that and you'd be like and you could have a four minute movie in like 50 minutes (laughs) you were like, yay. And that's how it worked. And they didn't, and we were literally sharing content. Nobody was buying anything. So that, that puts like the fear of God into all of these content created, all of these studios and everything. And like you said, the Blu-ray form, all of these people, because if it ever got to that level on any of this stuff, like on Plex or on anything like that, that's
3: absolutely what they don't want. So to say that, I know. And, it, and, but, and so that's what I was going to get to the whole Plex thing, right? So Plex is kind of like the granddaddy of the servers for video. Um, if you go to the Plex website now, what do they lead with? They don't say download our server and put your video files here. The, they, they lead with let us manage your streaming. Hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. that's very telling, right? So the, the market is absolutely moving in a way, which I think is away from this particular niche. Yes. And with it, yeah. let me
1: um where did that w uh where did it go? Okay.
3: This this comment
1: right here is a great comment, Steven at uh says so ZipD is out of business and Kscape is the winner. I'm a bit skeptical of that. Plex Media Server uses numbers of kaleidoscape users ten to one what so I think because of the way we started this conversation, talking Kaleidoscape, we're we're putting off the perception that Kaleidoscape is the winner here, and and that's not what we're trying to portray. What we're we're this we've got a ways to go here because I'm going to tell you why I think possibly that this is going to be a great thing. This entire thing is going to be a great thing for home theater people, but. Clydescape's one side of it. As I said earlier, they're one end of the bookend. There's no right end or wrong end of the bookend. Plex is at the other end. What I think these two companies are doing, as Giles just outlined, Plex is future proofing themselves. They see, they're seeing what is going on and they're like, this ripping thing is, this isn't going to last, but digital streaming is the future. And now on the other end, Listeners might be writing or uh, typing in the chat right now going, well, there goes Kaleidoscape. No, because Kaleidoscape is future proofing themselves by offering additional features with a Kaleidoscape that you can't get with a stream. Okay. So like you download it, you own it, you could take it out on a yacht. You don't need internet access. You don't need all these things. You, they have certain function. Once the movie plays, there's all these little flags they put in. They, they future proof it. So they, they're offering features you can't get anywhere else necessarily okay an all-in-one package both ends of the spectrum or i'm sorry both ends of the bookshelf are are future-proofing themselves all of the people like the zapetes that are just offering a ripping format of people trying to get to where kaleidoscape is but they don't want to do the work of the plex that's the part that we're saying those were are saying are the potential losers here—is that the right way to put it, guys? Am I am I wrong in saying that? But just beware of that part.
3: No, yeah, I, I think that you know this this model is in risk to a certain extent. Um, now, if you're going to pick winners and losers, I think the sh- I think there's a short term and a long term. In the short term, I think the winner the winners are probably Zadu and Dune. Those, mm. I, I think they're gonna. Short I think they're term. gonna get a bump right now mm-hmm. in the short term. I think short. there are a lot of people with ZPD players right now that yesterday went and ordered something from Zadoo or yeah. mm-hmm. So They probably had a stellar sales day yesterday. There's some. There's some people right now popping the champagne. We did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that. But that's that's the short term. <clears> in the long term, um, what happens, right? Uh, well, I, I I say watch Plex, and that's going to be the what do they call it? The weather bell or whatever it is to, to tell what's going to happen in the future. I think that they're going to be the folks that kind of, you know, tip everybody's hand.
2: Well, yeah. And, and, and I, and I agree with that. You know, I, just like you said, and, and I've seen it in the forums last, you know, day or two as well, you know, I'm going to order my ZDU. I'm going to do this and that. So, uh, you know, to, to Steven's point, you know, in the, in the comments, I don't know that that means Kaleidoscapes, the, you know, the, the, the big no. winner in this and everybody went out. It's still an expensive unit. Uh, I'm sure they got some additional sales, just like, you know, Giles says with ZDU. Um, But I, I think that Zidu and the rest work well. I think that the interesting piece when you start looking at a Plex is that just like Giles said, I started pulling this up as we were chatting here. I, you know, they're not pitching what people buy Plex or let's say people have bought Plex, you know, over the last multiple years as a freeway, whether they owned the media and, and kind of went under the cover of I'm only duplicating my content or they were pirating and ripping it, the reality is Plex didn't care. And I, I've been in the forums long enough to know, you know, 70 percent of the users that are using Plex are not using it legally. Um, and 70, 80, and, yeah, 70? 95 <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, which way do we think We'll go on that, but 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 plenty of people I have discs, but... they've collected discs For years, and and they're just looking for a place To back it up, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I've played with Them all, and I have the discs Right, I have 800 discs uh, You know, in various formats Before I was even jumping and bringing them into Kaleidoscape, I tried them with Plex But if you look at what Plex Is doing, and, you know, to Giles's point and to everybody's, is They are shifting just like Napster did. Napster Mm -hmm. was like, sure, freeware, share it, doesn't matter. We're just building a business model on here. Uh, that doesn't require them to have it. Now they're, they're, they're talking about streaming. They're talking about movies. They're talking about content that they're getting paid on one way or another. And as they do that, the question becomes, will they still let you rip movies? When the, you know, when, when the various, uh, you know, platforms say, well, we'll still give you this content uh, and you can offer this in your monthly bundles or your this and that. But you need to stop offering the NAS feature. You need to stop offering ripping right. features. What do you think they're going to do? They don't have a real business model just sharing stuff, uh, you know, and again, one lawsuit away. So I think as you look at things like Plex going five years, 10 years from now, all they have to do is be told by the studios, do this or else. And the reality is the, or else means that they have no money coming in from, from that respect. Right. And as streaming gets better and better, which we know that it is now, the, the interesting piece is, um, you know, again, the studios, the Netflixes, everybody else aren't necessarily making money, you know, where we see where their losses come in. Right. So some, mm-hmm. some of them are still making money, but the reality is we see these losses coming in lately in a lot of the numbers, but. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think Plex, I think anybody that's just offering hardware is going to have a hard time because yes. their thinking is I can do, you know, a hard drive only costs 150 bucks. Uh, you know, the, the, I can build a case for, you know, for $20. I mean, I can show you how to make a, you know, a, basically a home theater PC or something that runs this software for relatively cheap. And, you know, we could probably build this in a couple months. But the reality is, how do you support that? How do you, when those units break down, how do you support that? All those things there, I think, is really where if you're just making and selling hard drives or you're just making and selling hardware, right. you don't really have a business model. You know, you, you had something where, hey, I built something kind of like Kaleidoscape for cheaper. Um, but the reality is, you know, if I'm Plex and I'm effectively software only and hardware agnostic, And you can download my stuff on an Apple TV or whatever else, I'm in a much better spot because my my overhead is just software. It's just people. Right. Um, Right. And and so that costs a lot less than trying to run a hardware business uh on a on a declining margin of of what people are expecting to buy. Because if I'm going to spend more than three grand or four grand, why wouldn't I just buy a collidescape? And I think exactly. that's where you start finding this. Yeah, you if know, you've got four
3: heads. grand, you better be buying Clyde Escape because you're wasting your money otherwise.
2: Yeah, and go find one used. Go find one wherever. Exactly. Right, and and I think that's exactly the point. So those that say, "Hey, for a thousand dollars, I could get this," I get it. I, I mm-hmm. absolutely, I get it. Right, mm. but are you going to get the support at the end of it, or did you say, "Okay, well now I just spent a thousand, two thousand dollars"? And I back at square one? (laughs) Right. You know, let's go spend another thousand. I mean, this is where I do look at it sometimes where it's like, Oh, so I spent money on a Zipidi and then they went out of business. Let's go buy a Zidu. (laughs) Well, and that's based uh, on what now, now I've spent both of those. I could have bought a Kaleidoscape in the first place. Right. I I want to, Yeah. I want to get to
1: Eddie's comment. I love, and I I agree with Eddie, but at the same time, and this is how I agree with him. He says, this is an issue about Hollywood getting paid, nothing to do with being future proof. And the first part of the statement is correct. It is always about Hollywood getting paid. That's their business. Okay. Yeah. It's a, this, I mean, and that's and I would want to get paid too. Exactly. So they're walk their cause if Hollywood doesn't get paid, Hollywood doesn't make more movies. So yep. that's you gotta keep the wheel turning. The part about it nothing to do with being future proof. It is partly it is mostly about being future proof on our side. Right? How are we going to, where, th- this, what we're talking about here is the consumer, us, the home theater enthusiasts. How do we future proof ourselves against this happening again? And that's why this goes into everything you said about ZDU, Zune and stuff. It's like, you said they're going to get a bump. Well, everything that goes up must come down, right? It's equal and opposite reaction. You get the wave. That's what happened to Zapedi. They got too big and they got shut down. The next one that takes over Zapiti will then be too big and may probably get shut down. So, like if <clears throat> if you were literally a betting man and going for the odds, don't go with the most popular one. Go with the least popular
3: one right now. It'll probably be around longer. You know, yeah, and or, it, or go with the smart one at least. Yes, and, and when I say the smart one, Zapiti did this to themselves. Um If they had not released the ripping Nas, yes, I feel. 99.99% confident we would not be having this conversation because they would still be making their their server hardware, yep. just like Plex still has their server software available. Yep. Um, they would just it'd be humming along, but they'd cross the line. Yep. Right. They made it too it easy line.
1: to do what they don't want to do. It's like right now to do what Zapiti was offering in a one-step easy solution, which is what Kaleidoscape did as well, to do that anywhere else, you have to buy additional hardware, additional software. You have to know how to manipulate. It's very difficult to do. There are forums that'll help you through it, but it's there. It's a lot more than it's harder to chase that around because it's
3: it's so segregated. There's so many different companies to well, get it the, to happen. The that, yeah. The reason it's like that is because okay, like, uh, what was it? Any DVD? You remember those mm-hmm. folks? They're, they're gone now. And the reason they, that they were able to stick around for as long as they did is because they were like out of not the Cayman Islands, but some other country, right? And so it, it took a while, uh, for the powers that be to get to the government there to shut them down, but eventually that happened. So if you look, all of this ripping software, none of it's based in the United States because it would be shut down immediately. Just, just, just a PD was based out
1: of what? France?
3: France. Yeah. Yeah. And it took a while, but they got to him in France. Yep. Yep. So that's why it's so hard to rip because it's technically illegal, and any company that produces that software in the United States is going to get sued out of their pants off, right. fast. Well, and the
1: other way is if you go back to the Napster days, all they'd have to do is like what happened with Napster is they went after a few people, individuals, and once sure. somebody the gets amount of downloads,
2: yeah. yeah. And you once, you, you, once you, you get the million dollar lawsuit bill for I've the, got yeah.
1: I I have a zipedy. I have 600 discs ripped to my personal NAS. If all of a sudden everybody saw on the news that DJ's in a lawsuit or DJ's in jail and you this is making national news that DJ's ripping stuff, how many more people are going to be start ripping their stuff? It only takes one Right? And yeah. it's like, it, there's other ways to do it. Like you I mean, I like personally, I don't want to go to jail, but I like your idea better, Giles, where they come up with a, you know, an encoding that you can't crack. That's a nicer way to do it. Nobody has to go to jail. But there are other ways to do it. I mean, I don't think anybody went to jail with Napster. I think it's, they were just lawsuits and they went after individuals. And once that spread, I was like, I was on my, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm like, I don't know if the police are going to show up at my house and go, you go listen to music? <laughs>
2: like, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, Is that it, bad. It, it, it's it's interesting as you look at the you know, the various streamers that are out there. So, you know, I, I used to talk about this a lot when I would do trainings and we'd be talking with integrators. So a couple of years back, Netflix, they they changed their algorithm, right? So how they encode or compress their 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 movies. And they had an opportunity. So basically they created what they call a new ladder algorithm. And it allowed them to basically put the same quality level at about half the bandwidth requirement. And so that was great. So let's say it used to take you 14 megabits per second to be able to get a, you know, a 4K stream. Now you could get it in seven megabits per second. Now that opens it up because there's a lot of people across the U.S. who who can't get high-speed internet, right? They're on dial-up, they're on, you know, Whatever they're still on, which seems crazy when, you know, you're on an East Coast or a West Coast or or a major, you know, area of technology like in Colorado, but that's still a lot of people. I talk to people all the time, right? That it's are, the you vast know,
3: majority they, of people. The yeah. Internet That's why disk sales. Yeah. It,
2: it, it, exactly right, right? And disks, they're like, hey, because I'm out in the woods and this is what I need, right? And so... What I found interesting with it, and this is where the the, the time versus quality versus our niche market of this versus the, the mass, is that when they did that, my first thought was, well, you could have kept it at 14 megabits per second and effectively doubled the quality of the video. But they didn't, because for the most part, people don't care. So, I mean, I could have still said, if now I could get HD or 4K in, in seven megabits per second... Imagine what I could get with 14, right? And, and they're just, they're reducing the amount of compression and they don't do that because to them, it's more important to not get a call because they're buffering. You know, not buffering is more important than the, uh, you know, than the lack of, of banding or pixelation or anything like that. And that's the reality for where we live. Now that's unfortunate for people like us that really want quality and why we buy whatever we buy, right? You know, disc quality, I'm ripping at disk quality. You know, if, if you're taking a disk and you're ripping it into your Plex and you've compressed it massively, like, what was the point?
3: Just yeah, minute, why you know? would you do that? No. Yeah,
2: you know, there's no point, right? So you're just going off the basis that I want the same quality as a disk and terabytes of, you know, Western digital drives are just cheaper. Um, You know, or you go in the high end of a Kaleidoscape because you want that, again, you know, less compression in an algorithm. Um, But all you have to do if you're Apple – or your Netflix or your any of these major, you know, and especially an Apple that let's say has every movie basically out there, right? All you have to do is say I'm turning up the the bandwidth requirement or I create a new bandwidth, a new account that's 4K yeah. uncompressed or 4K high, higher resolution, right? So now I can say, okay, well DJ you're out in the, you know, in the Midwest and uh you know, you're having a hard time getting 50 megabits per second. So you really can't have Multiple streams of, uh, you know, more than let's say 10, 12, 12 megabits on, on your streams. Great. You can have the general 4K and that movie's going to cost you $8 like it does now or $15 or whatever it is. But Giles, you're in Colorado and you get, you know, a gig, right? Or, you know, Brett, you're out in, in, uh, you know, in California now and you're getting 10 gigs or 2 gigs. Uh, Jeez. there's no, Yeah, there's no issue at that point, right? There, you know, you could run a hundred megabit stream and if I'm watching a movie, why the hell wouldn't I? You know, my kids can still watch whatever they're watching and we could still run the house, even though I'm in my theater watching a hundred meg, uh, you know, streaming file. Um, you know, that's, that's a reality. Now that requires a lot more server space on the part of an Apple or whatever, you know, whoever's offering that. But it's something that if they did that and they charged me uh, $15 a movie or $20 a movie or let's say $10 more a movie or they charged me a monthly fee uh, and it was Netflix and they said, we'll do the same thing, but we're going to give you the – instead of the 12 or 14 megabit, we're going to do the, the 30 megabit or 50 megabit range, but that's going to cost you 30 bucks a month. Why wouldn't I spend 30 bucks a month? If I really care about my theater that much and the quality that much – I'll spend 30, 40, 50 bucks a month because now I'm not buying movies. I still get access to them, right? And I think that's the, that's the big thing in here, you know, to the point of who's going to win is I think you have to start looking at that and assuming, Hey, people have, if they have the bandwidth, if they have this and that, offer that option up. And if right. they're not like nobody is right now, um, then you have to think of the fact that, um, you know, not enough people want it and how do you service this small community? Oh. Yeah, yeah, uh, youth man's in the chat saying, I saw that. What's that
1: well, going there. on, Michael? Uh, <clears throat> Van Gool said, had, uh, talking about, I uh, had a gentleman on, uh, that bought a house. <laughs> Do you remember this one, Brett? You remember this, right?
2: I, I, it was after. It wasn't when we were chatting, but, but I, I, I know these stories. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he, he bought a house and the internet literally ended. Not good internet, internet. He had no internet at his new house wow. that he just bought. And that was in, I, th- I want to say he moved in 2012. He didn't get good internet until I think it was 2020, if I remember. Wow. He went eight yeah. years with no internet. He'd have to take his son's PlayStation to work. To download the games or update the games and bring it back home just so he could play them. But he had nothing. He had his, he had phone internet, but that was very poor in that area. But he's out, I think it was the Midwest or something like that. And it's, there are still a lot of places like that. And it's, you know, it's, there's so many variables that like you said, it's like you're getting 10 gig. I got one gig, you know, there's, and we take that for granted. And then there are, there's, I, I would, I don't know, I'd say we're rare, but I, there are a lot of people that have very poor or none and it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah. So, um, sorry, we had another one. It was, a where's it? Oh, people asking in the chat, like literally, can you do this? And uh I got Paul Hurt, who he's uh, he music producer out in England, and he's kind of answering the questions there. But he, Paul says, he's like, ripping's not the problem. It's the fact people can share that rip like we mentioned earlier. But I think it, it, if I'm reading the chat correctly, it's, I think people have a lot of misconceptions about what ripping is. And it's like, I just, it, it in the United States, it is 100% illegal. You can't rip it, even for your own purposes. They do not allow you to do that. Other countries, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but as Brett said, they usually follow our lead. But they, I do know, like when I when I bought my Zepedi, I did enough research ahead of time to be like, is this serious? Like, are they going to come after me? And everybody I talk to through the podcast, through my other contacts, it's like all over the world. They're like, nobody actually comes after you. They'll go after the companies, which is what we're seeing here, right? And just be wary. Could be obsolete someday. I did get that warning. Um, but yes, it's, you know, it it is not allowed to do in this country. I know I talked to people in Canada. They allow it if you, I think it's even like you have to have it You have to own the disc, but you're allowed to back it up yourself. So there's a variable, but basically go on the rule of thumb that they don't like this and they don't want to allow it in the United States, a hundred percent illegal. So what does that mean for the future? And that's what, that's what we're really trying to get to here. And, um, I, I just do, do we want to get to how I think this is a good thing?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat here. So how is it? That's right. I want to know how you spin this one, DJ. (laughs) I, I, I have an idea because I know how I spin it, but I'm curious. Yeah. So how I
1: think this is a good idea is that I go back to my Napster days. Okay, we looked at Napster. The world was – we had no idea what was going on, kind of like what goes on here. Plex was a non-starter for me. Uh It was too complicated. Zipidi was attractive to me because it was a simpler way. They introduced a simpler way. It still wasn't simple, but you get the idea, right? There was a good sales pitch there that this is easier. Um But what happened with Napster is they got too big, and then we get the birth of iTunes – and the, literally the entire market changed, right? It's like we used to have to buy albums. We used to have to buy an entire cassette for that one song that we wanted. Now we have it. We, you know, everything changed. And I, in my opinion, changed for the better. I'm sure Paul doesn't, maybe has a different opinion. Paul Hurt, because he's in the music industry. It's like, but you know what I mean? It's like, so like it was an, it was an evolution or revolution of what, how we consume our content. I think that because this is going to be a, I'm not sure if it's the right term, but a nexus point that we'll look back at and go, Zapiti was the big boy that went down as big as they were. We already have some things in place. Do we see that rise of that? And it changes physical media, the content, the way we consume everything. Because as, as everybody pointed out, as Giles pointed out, as Brett pointed out, it's like, We're reading the tea leaves, right? These other companies, they're in business. They're reading what's going to happen. They don't want to happen to them what happened to Zepedi. Everybody's going to adapt to this. And as a consumer, that's usually a good thing for us because they're adapting to our needs, right? Nobody wants to be Zepedi. But what they do want to do is stay in business. How do you stay in business? Get us to buy their stuff. And be able to do it long term. What we've pointed out already is Plex, they're doing it, they're they're future proofing themselves as best they can. Kaleidoscape is future proofing themselves as best they can. That's what I do So do you see how I can – like I'm trying to predict the future here and see it as a positive thing. Like 10 years from now, we'll look. Look at what happened then and look at what we got now. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not that good at predicting stuff. But I don't know what it's going to be. But I think we, it's going to be positive because it usually is because we're the consumers and they want to give us what we want, right? No?
3: (laughs) Yeah. i I think you're spot on with that stuff and – you know, one thing that is going to be a constant is going to be change, right? Change is a constant, right? Stuff is constantly evolving. Technology changes and the capabilities that we have today won't be the same, aren't the same as yesterday. And what we have tomorrow will be better than what we have today. Um, and really the, the, the stop sign for everything is uh, connectivity speeds, right? Going back to what Brett said, as that increases, um, you know, Netflix instead of, saying hey let's grow market share by uh putting out this new codec right that compresses things better and instead of improving the quality let's improve the the speed right or, or shrink the size well that you know that's also a market play right because more people have slow internet and they're like oh look now you at your slow speed can get 4k just like and, and you know they want more people right um but eventually speeds will catch up and but we're talking like 20 years out or something yep. um so you know and i'll be 70 then so i probably won't care anymore <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we'll be doing this podcast in 20 years. Can you believe 20 That's years? That's right. Ago? That's right. With your cataracts, it all looks like DVD quality. You can go <laughs> yeah. back to discs. <laughs> It's so good. Um, what I think is going to change the world, uh, and uh, you know, I've heard some rumblings about this, uh, is what happens when there is a company that has enough backing and access to the right people to cut deals with the studios. And instead of creating a CI channel tool, they create a consumer-facing tool and they partner with NVIDIA, right? And the software creates a encrypted container in the storage you have attached to your NVIDIA Shield, functions just like Kaleidoscape. um, They sign you up for a, uh, $30 a month recurring fee, right? And that's to cover all of the backend stuff, right? To cover their servers, their people. And then they sell you the movies, uh, at the same price that Kaleidoscape sells them for. So that's, that's, that's going to change the world. That will change all of this. And this will make, uh, Zadu go away. It'll make, uh, Dune go away. That's, that's when the world changes. And, right. uh, that's my prediction for the next big thing. I have no idea when that, when or if, it's it's an if, right? It's not necessarily a win, but I have talked to people who are working on that software. um, So it could happen, right? It's just can deals. Correct. But that's all streaming, right? No, 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 no. I'm talking a a Kaleidoscape clone, basically, but working on NVIDIA Shield hardware. Okay. So where do they store it? On whatever storage you have attached to your NVIDIA Shield. That's where I
2: don't think it's going to fly. Well, that's the issue. issue. But to to, to Giles' point, he's he's saying once you solve that encryption issue, that's the big issue because that's how it's it's going to block. I don't
3: think that's the issue. The encryption is easy, Right. Tivo was doing that back in the but day. But see,
2: but
1: here's the thing, and, and Brett, you can speak to this, it's why Kaleidoscape's so expensive, but also available is their hard drives are proprietary. I can't give my hard drive to anybody else. That, right? That's well, true, but it's so just a, that it's a regular cost, hard
3: drive
0: that,
1: yeah. Right, but that, no, the hard drives it, are regular, that's but they're, that's encryption, so then how do you, but now, The amount of hard drives you're gonna have to do, because we know this through Kaleidoscape with our systems, right, guys? It's like I'm out of room. And and that now you're talking those download speeds. It's are are they are they speeding that stuff up or are people going to be required to have a 12, 20, 50 gigabyte hard drive? Where does their stuff go? If it's not on their hard drive, all of that costs money. And usually – and that's like – that's where you get into – it's like, okay, does that $30 a month count – hold all my stuff in the cloud if I can't afford to put it on – I can't afford the hard drive to hold all my stuff? Because as you accumulate more and more movies, you need more space. But now you have to buy your hard drive from them. Otherwise – it, it, it has to have some kind of proprietary thing. Otherwise, I'd just fill up my hard drive and then I could just sell it to you. And
3: then, it be, so, so you, you know what I mean? It's like Yeah, so here's, here's how I would architect it. And this is how other okay. people have explained it to me. So um, you take all those things into account, right? So you have, and uh, this is an example system, right? So for hardware that people have already, and most people, not most, but a lot of people all have Nvidia Shield. So let's just say that that's kind of the common platform. You download an app. Right, and it mm-hmm. installs right, just like Plex. We'll call this Flex. This is the Flex tool. <laughs> um, now, whatever storage you use with your Shield would be the storage that you could use. Now, if you point this to your NAS, right, a lot of people are, they have tons of NAS space, right? Uh, it could be that, or it could be a USB drive that's plugged in, mm-hmm. right? Um, what will happen is that app will grab a chunk of that storage. It will format that encrypt that and then uh use a certificate and lock that to your account and to your Nvidia shield so that if you unplug that USB hard drive and plug it into anything else it's encrypted you don't have the decryption keys it's just like using bitlocker on a windows computer with a usb stick
1: or even better right. the uh the way they do the um what Denon and Marantz are doing it right now you can buy 200 bucks and it can never the the uh the upgrade for uh Odyssey EQ, it's a $200 upgrade, but it stays with that player. I could sell you the player, I think, but it stays with the player. So basically what you're saying is whatever happens with that player, it can't leave that. But that's also attached to you. And your account,
3: right? So it's attached to the player and to the account so that effectively – you know, you're not going to give your account. To, I mean, you could sell it, I suppose, right, if you wanted to. But, you know, right. that's getting the extreme. you can't duplicate
1: it. You can't – I mean, you could sell the, the, the entire system, but you can't duplicate it, which is what yeah. they're worried about. Like I could yeah, basically buy a DVD and give it to you, Giles, if I wanted sure. to. So that would be exactly. basically the same thing, right? Well, so I get – I understand that. I just think that you're really – I mean, people think Kaleidoscape's expensive, but I think to get to even at that system there – by the time you get to the hard drives to store your stuff, you probably back up into Kaleidoscape system, or a I, cheaper one.
3: You could, really? You could do this. You could do this for three hundred bucks. I no. Now, it, it, Brett, Brett is right because you can't store all your movies on there. You, you got no.
1: But oh, okay. I was going to say you can't have all your because I have a NAS and it cost me way more than three hundred
3: dollars yeah. to put six hundred movies on it. <laughs> so the way that I use Kaleidoscape. Right. You don't mm-hmm. have to. So, and this is the mm-hmm. distinguishing part between Clyde Escape and any of these other systems. These other systems, you have to have the storage and you have to be able to put that file somewhere. With Clyde Escape, you buy the movie mm-hmm. and you own the movie, but you don't have to download it. You can download right. it anytime you want to. Yep. So you can have 30 terabytes of storage. So you could buy a 20 terabyte drive for 200 bucks, 100 bucks, and plug that into a $200 uh, Nvidia Shield TV Pro. And for mm-hmm. $300, you could store 50 movies. On 20 like terabytes? 20, no, more 20, than that. It depends.
2: Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Just say 50. Six, so, six you about 50 so, okay, so you got space movies. Okay,
3: so you got 100 movies. Yeah. You're in 300 bucks and they they have to make money somehow. So they're going to make money just like Clydescape would on movie sales. And you have to buy the movie from their portal, right? Just like Uh But then I would say there's probably a monthly app fee, of thirty bucks a month, right, and that that allows you to have access to all this stuff. Now, if you don't pay your fee, question is what happens? I would say that you just lose access to buying new movies or something. There would be some downside to not paying the fee. If you want to buy a new movie, you got to pay the fee, and you can download stuff and all that kind of thing. Um, but you know, they wouldn't take your stuff away. But if you're not paying the fee, yeah. So so it, it's a it's weird mix of yeah. streaming and. But that would garner a ton of customers. Right? Cause you get perfect quality.
1: Yeah, you're getting one to one quality, which is what yeah. everybody's shooting for, right? Um, right. no, yeah, that, I think it would. That is a, and, but to my point earlier, like Kaleidoscape future proofing themselves, they're going to offer more stuff. There's more ability. Without a doubt. and Do you see what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that this can happen. I'm, I'm just, cause I know what I went through with the PD. I know how big my hard drives are to store all my stuff and I know how expensive that is. And now, even with, with this scenario, you might be back and forthing it like you do on Kaleidoscape. And that's where that, your 30 month fee, well, great. You have 150, you own 300 movies, but you only have space for 100. So you you just lost access to 200 movies you own until you pay that, until you pay up, you you know, say you missed six months. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry, buddy. You owe me, uh, you know, $180 and then I'll give you your other 200 movies. So you're, you're paying for that flow. It is a great, yeah, so, it had to be figured out. Yeah. I don't know how that part would it'd work. Be in, so. I'm sure it would be in the
2: contract. <laughs> and, and, and Really, you guys, this is where, you know, to the same, I, I split the difference. I agree with where Giles, I, you know, as where I look at it is, um, yeah, things are going to change. Things are going to continue to, to morph. I think that, the real question is, yeah, you can't just, when, when you buy a movie, even on the Kaleidoscape platform, the lion's share of that is not going to Kaleidoscape. <laughs> it's going to, to the movie studio, right? Yeah. And, and as, it, on one hand, as it should, because again, that's how we get, we yeah. get more movies because movies come out, right? I think that as things go digital, so as we talk about, you know, again, five years, 10 years, wherever out as speeds continue to increase for most of the U.S. or a much larger portion, then you end up getting into more opportunities of, I don't need to buy discs. If you look at where movie prices are being set, a lot of that is being set based on mm-hmm. the disc, based on what we're used to, right? Uh DVD or Blu-ray costs $15. Uh, uh, you know, a 4K disc costs $30 as it, as it's released. Now, it costs the same amount often, whether I go buy the disc in the store or I go buy it on digital. But those costs are not the same. The distribution models are not the same. A disc is very expensive by comparison. Now, depressed disc costs pennies, cents, dollar, you know, But I got to get it on a truck. I got to get it on a plane. I got to get it on a, you know, there's all these, I got to get it loaded in. Best Buy has got to make money on it. Everybody's, you know, so it gets more and more expensive to do that. That's why streaming, so many people loved it. Oh, 15 bucks a month, 12 bucks a month, 10 $9. You know, if you go back to the beginning, I have access to thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of pieces of content. And as that goes up, I still have access to so much of it. I don't own it, but I have access to it. Right. And that's the back and forth. If you love a movie, you don't want to see it go away. But usually when it goes away, let's say on Netflix, that's because it goes up on Prime. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't actually go away. It just shifts mm-hmm. because movie uh, you know, studios are licensing to different people to try to keep the value up. But, you know, where I would love to see this is and I know it's a tough one because people don't want to see the discs go away. But as they inevitably do does that open up the opportunity to bring prices of movies down because the logistics and the costs of those things have now gone down and mm-hmm. people want all that content in there in general. Right. And so you mix that with high speed capability. And this is where I agree with where Giles looks at it, where, um, and as I think we're all kind of looking at it is I can now get a unit I don't need. So like with my kaleidoscape, I have a 40 terabyte, is a few years back. So when they offered that and I probably have 90 terabytes of movies <laughs> yeah. because I have 1400 or some odd movies in there and my 40 terabytes obviously doesn't hold that. So I download movies as I want to watch them just like Giles said or I have to delete stuff, which is a bit of a pain. Um, but as you get into teras, it took 10 minutes. Now with newer content, like the, the new SDs, mm. if I have now, it requires 2.5 gig, you know, connection gigs. So you can't even do it on a gig speed, right? On a gig, it's still 10 minutes. But if I have two and a half gigs, so we're talking about the future as we're going in here, Mm -hmm. I can now download a movie in four minutes. At that point, do I need to own it? As long as I can see it on my great system, I can select a movie, go grab some popcorn, and I come back and I'm watching a movie, right? right? But the questions become, so do I need that? Or as speeds increase, can I buffer the movie? Do I even need to have it on my hard drive? Can I get away with a a two terabyte? You know, and and now I could buffer the first thirty minutes, which takes thirty seconds. So now I've reduced the you know the chance that I'm going to have a buffer issue. So, but I don't need that big of a of a hard drive, you know. And then it comes into, and, and I don't even know that thirty dollars covers it. In all honesty, if you are hugely consumer, it might right. If you're if you're Apple TV or your stuff like that. If you're in a niche where I actually care about, you know, those costs and I'm willing to spend it, is it $30? Is it $50? Is it $100? There's probably a breaking point, but you still get into the point of, um, that covers my people costs of running my business, right? That's, that's the, mm-hmm. the loops and the teams at Kaleidoscape and the, and the sales teams and whatever else. Um, you know, to be able to keep feeding the machine and then the movies. Become the, you know, again, 80% plus go to the, you know, to, to the studio and the rest come in. But now maybe I can offer that movie for 10 bucks, you know, so, and, and is that a legit way to do it? So
1: I was talking to a really smart guy yesterday and he offered the same option and I countered with this. Um, <laughs> Giles, <laughs> he's a really smart guy. He was. Yes. He he's a really smart guy. He can't be the same
3: conclusion Brad did.
1: Yeah. It, um, and here's the thing is maybe I'm wrong in my reading of the tea leaves because Brett is semi on the inside with Kaleidoscape. Doesn't that go against everything Kaleidoscape's about? They're not streaming. They don't. And every time somebody says Kaleidoscape is streaming, uh their PR, which you used to run, <laughs> jumps on it and goes, it's not streaming. You don't do that. It, and it's not what they're about. And it's also – now it t- it eliminates that 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 yacht division because they don't have internet so you have a whole other, i i just felt like when that very smart gentleman brought this up yesterday i was like doesn't that get away from everything i Kaleidoscape has been trying to identify themselves as and I'm not saying and, they can't reinvent
2: themselves yeah, but yeah, yeah. you see what i mean I, so i i think that that's a that's a Fair statement, and a, and, a, and a fair way to look at it. Here's again, and and just to clarify, DJ, let's. I, I know, like you said, I have some inside track or something. I do not work for, but I just want. I know. I do not work for Kaleidoscape because I do not want anybody or Kaleidoscape coming back saying, (laughs) "What are you doing that?" Yeah, because whatever happened, go. Why did Brett say that? Be like, I didn't even know. So (laughs) so obviously, we all know, and all of us are are fans. We actually own the systems. I own the system. I buy the system. I buy the movies. You know. uh, So here is my way of looking at this. Kaleidoscape offers features and services depending on what you need. Part mm-hmm. of the benefit of Kaleidoscape, like you said, is if I own a yacht. Well, if I own a yacht, I can't get service out there. Mm-hmm. So I still need an 80 terabyte or two 80 terabyte systems. I can still offer that as Kaleidoscape. I don't have to take that away. Mm-hmm. If I am out in the Midwest where there isn't high speed internet yet and, or I just want to be offline, right? Plenty of people that just don't want to be connected and have people to have access to their movie or could remove it or, you know, all those things that come up. I can buy more storage space and I can buy the bigger units that we're used to with Kaleidoscape. But to your point, you also have to be able to pivot and shift ultimately. Mm-hmm. And does that mean that I can now offer in addition to those services, another service? So those big units, those don't require monthly fees because I bought the hard drives. I'm downloading the movies. I, you know, let's say that that doesn't require $50 a month for, for a service fee. Mm-hmm. But if I'm buying a... Uh, a $1,000 unit, let's say, that has a very small two terabyte hard drive because I have two and a half gigs or five gigs or, you know, whatever, or terabytes rather of, you know, of download speed. And I know that what I'm paying for in that $50 a month is um, part of that movie being ripped, right? There's still software technology that's downloading that movie onto the hard drive that I'm playing from the hard drive, not a stream. So I'm right, still right. Actually playing from a hard drive. I'm not streaming it. I'm just streaming it almost in line, right? Right, right. Um, But Because I have the speed for it. So, you know, if my internet died, okay, I'm screwed, right? Or I only have whatever's on my drive or whatever else, right? Mm. 10 moves. But the idea is that I think there's different options depending on what somebody needs. And where that becomes a benefit is you can now say, I get the Kaleidoscape benefit, like the the experience, which is really the GUI, which is really the Mm -hmm. ability to... Run your clips and things like that. That's really what we want as movie lovers, right? I want when my friends come over, I want to be able to show the 30 second clips that I built of each of the different movies to show off different aspects. That's part of the Kaleidoscape experience. That's why, right? I'm literally in every booth at CEDIA, right?
1: Right. Um, but that's also because you have to have all those clips available on your hard drive at you know, that time, right? And in that so case, for that client,
2: yeah, I need, I need, I need a bigger hard drive. And Correct. that's the purchase right. that they can make for that. But if I'm like, Hey, I don't really care. I'll wait five minutes for a movie yeah. or I'll even, I'll wait for 10 minutes for a movie. Um, if I can see all the movies that I own, I'll let it download or download in the, you know, now I only need a hundred gigs, right? A movie is yeah. only at max a hundred, 105 gigs on a, for the biggest. Right. Uh, you know, now I could do something like that and wait. Um, then I think the, the, the benefits or let's say the feature set, if you changed it so movies were no longer grayed out, right? So, I mean, you guys know this. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. The right. So when you buy the movies, yes, they're all on there. I own them. I can download them whenever I want, but they don't show up. The movies that aren't on there, you don't always know that they're there, right? So it's hard to remember what you had. If I had a GUI that showed every movie I owned, but maybe the ones that weren't downloaded were gray. So I know, oh, I'm going to watch this, but it's going to take me five minutes. And the ones that are in full color... Or movies that are already downloaded. That's a great way for me. Now I'm getting an amazing Kaleidoscape experience, maybe for less money because I can buy a smaller hard drive, but I can remember all the movies and everything else. And you pair that with faster download speeds or an SSD or, you know, like the new products that they have in the premium side. Um, I think that there's, I think that there's ways to do that. And I think that's where right now it still feels like it's an expensive product in there. Um, for those that aren't buying it, right. That's why you still have the, I, instead of a Zipedi, I'm going to go to a Zidu, um, or a Dune or a what have you. But I think as they can shift and pivot in the market, there's just different clients. If you're in the boating, yachting side, Hey, you need storage. Here you go. Here's a product for that. Uh, you know, if you're just in the collector series and I want instant access to my movies, or I don't want to have to worry about downloading or streaming or any of that potential. If the internet went out while I was watching a movie, I would throw a fit. Right, You should be buying a hard drive as well. And right. if you're in the new group that was maybe streaming, uh, but wanted a better experience for my theater that I just invested a good amount of money in, um, you know, a thousand dollar or a couple thousand dollar player that gave me the Kaleidoscape experience, but maybe required me to to buffer those movies or download a movie at a time. Right. Um, I think that's a no brainer, you know, and I think that becomes maybe not Apple TV big, but you no. know, allows you it's a no brainer as you walk into any major place if you're investing in a theater, um, you know, which runs between, let's say, a couple hundred dollars and hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, um, you know, that becomes a, a great way to be able to watch it.
3: Yeah. So I'll make one comment or two comments on this. Right. So I agree. This would be. An additional feature, not in spite of, right? It's not; it's just extra stuff it can do. And then this technology exists, right? So this isn't a novel concept. Yep. Um, there was a uh, an illegal tool called Popcorn Hour or Popcorn Time. There was also a, a physical player that had almost the exact same name. Um, and this was an app that you would install on your computer, a piece of software you download, and it incorporated a uh, torrent download engine and a buffering tool. So what would happen is uh and then also uh, uh cover art. So you would you would open up this app. This app would go look at all the different torrent backends, it would then pull in what uh torrents were available, put up cover art for them, you'd click on it, it would start the download, and it would start the play about a minute later. Sure. And then you would watch this thing on your computer while you were torrenting it, right? So super illegal, yeah. but <laughs> the concept could, it, it, Your application, application lies, it can be done. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I got some
1: questions in the comments here, but the one, th- the one, the final thing I will say on that matter is Todd and I talk a lot, Todd Anderson, AV Nirvana. We can't stop talking about to each other, mostly how rock solid the Kaleidoscape is. We, it's like, it's the only piece. And I've said to my listeners many times, it's the only piece of equipment I've ever bought And that I've never had an issue with. And I was telling some listeners the other day, I'm like, I'm sorry, let me correct that. I had one issue and it was within the first week I had it. And I had a call up and say, I'm having an issue. And I got Andre and he he's working me through it. And he goes, wait a minute, are you downloading something at the same right now? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you have it wide open? And he looks because they can look. And I'm like, he goes, you got it wide open. He goes, you're getting a gig download. You've ruined your entire house network. That's why you can't watch anything. It's like, so you, and he goes, just throttle that back to like 600 download, you know, 600 megabyte download. And you'll have enough room to still play. I have never, ever had an issue with this. Right. And then. I just feel like that when you enter that streaming, I think it's in my opinion, I think it's going to be close. Everything you guys are saying, I think it's going to be closer to it needs to be 100 percent downloaded. Then you can play. I don't I, I really I feel like why what why sacrifice the rock solid reputation of their player for two minutes? Yeah. Right. Because that's about what you're saving, and it's like we—if you buy this player, this you know the new SSD player and it's say $1500 but you can only store 50 movies on it but you can download like that with a 2500 you're going to sacrifice 2 minutes and maybe they lose internet connection and now have a complaint which goes out on the internet and that's that's marketing that, that's negative marketing you don't want that and i that's where i'm coming from cuz i just it's i've never had a problem with
2: that but people complain about waiting 15 seconds, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I but don't that's what it is, but they, they get, get it, a it, you know, then Brett Get a bigger hard drive. <laughs> that's right. Get it done. Um but I I, yeah. I agree. Why wouldn't I wait two minutes for the whole movie to download? Absolutely. Right. Especially even four and a half minutes, right? On, no. on a two and a half gig. I totally agree and I would. Right. But people expect, like I see, people people, my family my wife will sit there if the buffering circle comes up for 10 seconds, 3 seconds. It's a big deal when I'm streaming, right? Cuz we're also watching streaming for content and yeah, other of course. stuff. It's a big deal. Now, is it? No. But during a football game you know, it is. But but that's where if you're Netflix <laughs> and you're Apple and you're everybody else or, you know, or your Roku or you know or any a Hulu and the rest, you are so concerned about getting calls for buffering over getting the quality of it. And I think that's just where mm. if you know that there's enough in there to buffer so that you don't have a buffering issue, but you know, it's buffered bird in the, right. you know, in the hard drive, then I think that works 99% of the time. But you're right. If I'm watching and my mm. internet connection died and I'm a third of the way through the movie, I'm pissed off. And at yeah. that point I wish that the two minutes, but if we're in the same thing that we were just talking about, that whole movie should have been downloaded while By it was that, in, in right. there in that same two minutes, right? Or let's say Correct. it's four minutes because yeah. it's a double that. If so you're 30 minutes into the movie, you should it, have in the movie, yeah. You got it. Really, yeah. we're we're looking at two different aspects of it. The point is just you could start the movie in 30 seconds instead of two and a half or four.
3: Minutes. Yeah. Hey, so, hey um, DJ. Yeah. There's something I think that's kind of salient to the conversation, and that's uh, – that there's a comment that's going right now, and they're talking about storage types yeah, uh, for, for physical media. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm well, trying to.
1: I was just going to so- pr- pull this one up and see if anybody, if Brett has any knowledge of this, because I'm not sure if we do. Is the mezzanine file MPEG 2 then recompressed by Kaleidoscape, or does it come from the studio as HEVC already? Do you know sure, that stuff?
2: Yeah, I, I can okay. answer.
1: That was from I know Paul hurt
2: things, DJ. I, I do you not know. know. I
1: did. I, I honestly, I didn't. Honestly, if I asked this to Luke, which I know knows the answer, I'm not yeah. sure I would be able to get it. I don't because I about. know a lot of it is proprietary. But I, I can, there's a lot and, of this going on. Then we'll get to the yeah,
2: yeah. And, and drives. And I, and stuff. I actually have this conversation with people a lot in the forums okay. because this is the when people say, "Oh, well, Kaleidoscape is uncompressed." The reality is. Everything has to fit into a container. That's what makes it digital, right? So a container is a form of compression, no matter what. The the question isn't whether it's compressed or not. It's the level of which it's compressed. So the answer in there to to Paul is very simple. When the file comes from the studio, we go through and Kaleidoscape, I shouldn't say we, (laughs) Kaleidoscape runs it through an algorithm that basically puts it into its container. Now, yes, that would be recompressed if you, if you look at how that's going. So basically you had a mezzanine file, it's coming in, it's running through the algorithm. It's compressed because it has to be in some sort of format so that it can be read. That's, that's really all mm-hmm. that that means. Um, but it is not being compressed for size. Whereas when you buy a movie, let's say, right. so a disc either comes on a, a 60 gig, or uh you know or 100 gigs right so you might take a movie that that is 100 gigs and you compress it down to fit on a on a 60 gig disk that's compression right if you have a 80 gig movie and you put it on a 100 gig disk that's not really compression because right. you're not compressing it for size you're just putting it into a container so that the dvd player can read it same thing with Kaleidoscape. That was
1: one of the questions that was going around. Some people aren't familiar with different movies having larger files on Kaleidoscape than they do on the disc. And I actually had a discussion on Twitter with some people the other day. Disney's notorious for this, right yep. Disney has their smaller disc size which is they, they use the what is it 60 or 66 gigabyte disc That's 66 for, technically. the 66 two layer disc. Yep. Sony, which everybody raves about, they put out great discs, great picture, great quality, but they use a three layer disc, which is the 100 gigabyte disk. Yep. both have drawbacks, okay yes. the 100 gigabyte disk drawback is certain players fail when they try to get to that third layer or whatever it is. Okay. Uh, The drawback on the 66 gigabyte is you have to use some compression and you have to take a movie like Endgame, which is three hours long. It's 103 gigabytes on kaleidoscape, but it fit onto a 66 gigabyte disc. Okay. So you're going to lose a little bit of quality. And it's funny because you hear the people on, on the, the socials and they're like, Oh, Disney at mousing it. They're not good quality, but then everybody, why isn't my Sony disc playing? why does it always skip? And it's, a, so it's like, there's always going to be a compromise in these things. I see both sides of it, right? I see why Disney is doing exactly what they're doing. They won't use the only use a, a hundred gigabyte disc once. And that's on the avatar way of water. All their other releases are on a 66 gigabyte disc because it's the most consistent for the masses, yep. in my opinion. That's what I think no, 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 they're doing, that's, because that's, that's, you have less failures, yeah. right? And yeah. now you got a Sony or a Warner Brother or whatever, and they're putting out, we're going for the high quality. You're going to need a better player to be able to rip, to not rip, to be able to play this disc without yeah. it failing, right? Well, so there's compromises on both sides. And, and, and Kaleidoscape, you don't have that issue. And oh. you, I mean, even, even if it, if end game came out on a Sony disc, there would be some compression because you can only go so far with the hundred gigabyte disc,
2: right? Yeah. You saw the music, you saw other stuff, special right. features, whatever else goes on that hundred gigs. Right. So, and, and that's exactly right. Every once in a while, someone will be like, Oh, well, uh, you know, a, a two layer disc is cheaper and that's why Disney does it. Cause they're trying to, you know, they don't care. And they, it's like, No, like the difference no. is sense, right? Right. I, you know, I, it comes wow. into the fact of how many times in the forums do you watch somebody saying, I have a disc. I swear there's no fingerprints on it. I just bought it and, mm. and it keeps freezing up at the same point. And the, that's because it's a three layer disc almost guaranteed. Right. That's not happening on a two layer. And that's, that's where all these things come in, right? Two layer versus three layer. It's the same point I made with Netflix. Mm-hmm. If, Lowering, you know, their new algorithm instead of upping the quality at the same level, lowering the level because they know they're going to get fewer buffering issues. That's Mm -hmm. more important to the average consumer. Correct. You know, they're going to be more frustrated when that disk freezes up than they are noticing that there was a little bit of compression artifacting from there. But we sit there with our, you know, 150 inch screens and our, you know, and our mad VR processors or whatever it is, depending on the level of theater that we have. And we sit there and go, well, no, I spent this much money. I expect it to be perfect. Right. And so, you know, that's, that's really where you come into these things, which is what level of quality do I expect to be able to watch? And plenty of people are happy with streaming. The masses are happy with streaming in all reality. I look at it. It's really good. (laughs) And and I'm happy with streaming. Yeah. And so am I. We're all watching it. Right. I mean, the reality is half the stuff that's out there, that's good content, you've Frankly, can't get right. You know, right. I'm watching Ahsoka. I'm watching, you know, uh, you know, Ted Lasso. You know, there's so much stuff that you can't even buy on a disc if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the only sucky part is that nowadays it feels like I have to have all three, four, five different streaming services, and I still have to buy content when I want to on a movie. And I, you know, it's it's an and and and. Uh, and that means that people like us that, that care about the quality and care about the content, uh, are frankly paying <laughs> through the nose to be able to get all this stuff. Um, and that's where I kind of hope that as we've all kind of been saying, as internet speeds pick up, as this and that go through, as much as I understand why people like disc because it's quality, it's consistent, it's everything. I absolutely understand that. But as it goes away, my belief is. Movies will go down in cost because now you don't have that distribution arm of writing and now it's just digital. Every movie studio has two separate arms of their of their movies. They have a digital and a physical media. That means that they're duplicating efforts and costs and people and all those different things. Now, DJ, you were kind of looking and I say the same thing. Are they really going to drop the price? <laughs> uh, well, you know,
1: no, no. But here is where the, uh, no, No, I'll push back on that hard. When was the last time I mean, how much has have movies gone up over the years? I used to pay 50 bucks for a laser disc. yeah and that was way back then when 50 bucks back then, that'd be like paying what 110 now, okay? Uh-huh. Movies have consistently been 1999 to 29.99. <clears throat> they literally are going down in price because the cost of li- you know inflation, cost okay. of living, everything's yeah. going up. but has the price of a movie, a disc really uh-huh. gone up in the last 30 years? I'm no. saying 30 years, right? Yeah. Ever since the VHS came out at 1999 when, what was it, ET or whatever got sponsored. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But seriously, is that not valid? Like yeah. they, they might not literally go down by number, yeah. but they're not good. They haven't
2: gone up in but what you are years. finding, And I think this is a big piece. And especially for, for us and what I've seen the forums a lot, people will complain. Well, why is this movie still at $30? Why is it for a disc, right? I went into Best Buy and there were no movies on sale. Well, that's because if you go back 10 years, 15 years, you know, the, the movies were loss leaders. They, they, you know, they put that movie out there for 10, 15 bucks to get you into the store so that you hopefully bought other things. Now they're realizing people aren't buying them because they're streaming. So now rather than it being a loss leader, now if you want to buy one, Mm. you got to pay full pop for it you know and it costs money point. and it costs yeah. space you know best buy you're buying you know, a collector's you know, item you you got it right yeah. you know and so it's like yeah you might as well buy this steelbook because it's going to cost you the same amount as <laughs> right. the regular version but but the reality is that there's no reason for for best buy to offer movies a good movie selection Best Buy is looking at their return on investment by the square inch, by the square foot in their right. in their store. Retailers right? all and do, yes. There's not enough people doing that because people want to buy streaming. So you can't yeah. be upset when I watch people going, well, I refuse to buy that because I'm not going to pay $30 for that movie. That's a bigger issue. If you want to support, and this is where I get big into not pirating and all the rest. I don't care if you buy a kaleidoscope. I don't care if you buy a Plex. I don't care if you do whatever or buy a disc or what have you enjoy your movie, however you enjoy it. But I will absolutely say, buy the movie, buy the music, mm-hmm. buy the this and that, because if you don't do it, they will stop making, making movies, that, whatever it is, whether you're in, in Australia, or you're in, you, know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're going to get crap movies mm-hmm. if they know they can't make any money because everybody's going to torrent it. And that's really in my mind what the issue is. And that's mm-hmm. where, a company like Kaleidoscape has said, you know what? We're going to partner with the studios. We're going to try to do it right. Yes, it's more expensive. Yes, it's this and that. And if somebody, to Giles' point, could come out with a better alternative, a cheaper alternative, that's still legit and partnered with the studios, which mm-hmm. takes time and money and back-end support and all those other mm-hmm. things, not just selling hardware, they can win. Right. Hopefully that's Kaleidoscape because we all own it. But whoever does that and continues to move forward and adjust and pivot, will win. I don't know if and, anybody will win. I think we will
1: as a well, consumer. I, no, no. We, win, we, we win, but, but the I think is, you, c- it's you can continue. have Coke and Pepsi. You can have McDonald's and Burger King, right? You can yes. have... Com- competition is what we want. Oh, no
2: doubt. right? But it's the only way to survive. I guess right. that's if, to, to loop it back into the Zapiti discussion. Right. At the end of the day, they offered a hardware solution <laughs> that was based on the premise of being able to take an ass and, and rip content and do things illegally. Mm. And if you only make money on the hardware and you don't have the back end support and all those other things to build that is not a business model. I will tell you right now having built hundreds of products at various levels, uh, you know, at Harmony, at you know, Harmony is the exact same thing. Hmm. I could build you a Harmony at $400. You, it is not self sufficient. You look at it and right. go, "Well, $400 is a lot for a remote." Yes, it's cheaper than C4, Crestron, you know, take your pick. But $400 is still not sustainable because it costs millions of dollars a year to do that backend support. And as people are starting to use their Apple TV remote and are fine with that because all they're watching is on an Apple TV, they don't need to control 10 different devices. The people like us that are into this kind of stuff and have all the stuff and want to be able to control it. You you If you say no at the fact of spending more or paying $30 a month or $100 a year or whatever that number is, but there has to be, in my opinion, a recurring revenue theme that pays for the back-end support and the software really? because hardware does not cover those costs. And I think that's what we're seeing ultimately with Zipidi right. is you have a hardware-only solution. Now, you can move over to Zdoo, you can move over to Dune, you can move over to whatever you want. But if they're still hardware only, even if they're cheaper, even if they're this and that, it's still not ultimately going to work because we're still running into the ultimate, you know, issue which is all they have to do Longevity. is put you in legal yeah, and put you into legal issues from the studio side right. because the studio decides to pick on you, you're not making enough money to to, you know, to be able to support that.
1: Right. Giles, what were you the you were saying uh, storage,
3: right? Oh, well, I was just going to talk about physical media and mm-hmm. okay. something new that I saw in music world, right? So mm-hmm. the, one of the questions that, that we will touch on, maybe not today, but, you know, we'll all think about it is, is there going to be a new physical media for video, right? And uh, I, I personally don't think so. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. people were like, well, can't they put a movie on a USB stick? And they can do all those things. Mm-hmm. What they're doing for music uh, at Tower Records in Korea, I believe it is, they have something called, uh, the micro disc, I think it is. So it's about, it's about the size of this, you know, a notepad and inside of this thing, it's like a little CD case and it's got like a little CD book in it. And there's a little token that's a, uh, what is it called on your phone? The, the near field reader in our NFC oh, or whatever. Yeah. And you take this puck and each one is unique. You hold it up to your phone and that then allows you to download this seven song album into the app in your phone and then you play it, right? And you keep this little puck and if you ever need to download it again, you put it on your phone and it downloads it. And that is the new physical media. It doesn't store anything. It's just your access token, right? So that is that is a new thing. I just saw this yesterday, right? So there's a a band called XG or something like Mm. that. They just released their new album and I'm all like, well, it's only that big. How does this work? And then I had to yeah. dig into it because it's not in our market as far as I know. Great. Um, I, I, I lost my white
1: album because I paid to get on the bus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: Oh, no. I gave him my token. What the hell? Oh. Yeah, not, not that physical. But it's now not- doesn't that get into, you know, look, I, I, I'm i not going to pitch all the green stuff in this and that, but like. Isn't that just a waste? I mean, I can download realistically, I can download a. I can download music to my app to do whatever. I can stream on a <laughs> on a high res Spotify mm. title, what have you, and not have to buy this physical plastic and all these other pieces that come along. It, it
3: is it. a waste. But you see this thing right here above my finger? It, that's uh that's a I know, steel I know, burn, I, know right? I don't disagree. That's there. that's why it right yeah, but a book
2: is a book I, but like, but see I can take a book with me and you're I mean the yeah. way that you're pitching this I guess I could hold the tokens with me and I could just download it every time I wanted to use it but like a book in my mind like I'm still books over Kindle's uh, you know that that's one mm. area that I haven't moved to digitally even though I've got multiple iPads and I could download and and read my books on there I still like a physical yeah. book and you're right just like you said, I may read it once, but I, I kind of want the shelf of it, right? It's, it's fun. I know it's there. There's a, there's a physicality to it. If somebody comes over, they can just read it. Um, even though, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a digital medium is so much easier because I can hold a thousand or a million books on, you know, on my iPad. Um, so I agree with you. I think it just comes into, uh, you know, not that wasting paper or whatever, you know, but, but it
3: still feels more, <laughs> I can recycle my book. I can do this and that. Yeah. If we're talking people about collect. Products, you know? people want to collect and they want to collect their music too, right? And and I agree. This the, the little token doesn't have the music on it, but it gives you access and it's a thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, hey, I supported the artist. Look, I have their yeah. thing. And I can that, I agree, that and I agree that, with. That I agree with. That and so a a lot of this conversation comes down to people that they, they, they want their cake and they want to eat it too, right? They want to collect physical media. This is a certain subset, right? Hey, but then they want the ease and, and use case of, digital. of, of the digital, right? And that's, that's where you take your disc and you rip it. it and you put it in the thing, right? Then you can use it like a climb escape, but then you also have a physical thing and you didn't have to buy the movie two times. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's illegal to do that, you know, people gloss over that part, but you know, it's, you just want your cake and eat it too. Yep. And for me, I, I'm the worst. I, I'm the best consumer, but I'm the worst at managing money because I will buy something on the Clyde Escape so I can watch it, mm-hmm. and then I'll be like, I have to have this on disc, and I'll buy it on disc. Yeah. I will never open it. <laughs> I will never J- a single time watch it on disc. Jace, I have let it.
1: me let me introduce you to me, and uh, my <laughs> yeah. listeners know this story. <laughs> I own a running count of um. Uh, seven copies of bloodshot because there you go (laughs) so here's what happened that was the movie the last movie to be played when covid shut down our area okay Okay. the last movie i saw so i saw it in the theater twice i saw it on the thursday it released they shut down on tuesday so there's i'm counting those they count them as two copies right okay so
2: yeah, times you paid for it
1: specifically. Right. So I saw yeah. it twice because yeah. I saw it the night it closed. Had to call the theater because the theater was closing at eight, but the movie started at seven. He goes, yes, we'd, we'll let you out of the building. Okay. Thank you. It was the first movie to be released a week later digitally. So I was able to, and then now here's where the start your ticker. I bought it on iTunes. Okay. Then on iTunes, I saw it wasn't in Dolby Atmos. But on Voodoo, it was in Dolby Atmos. So I bought it on Voodoo, same day. That's two, okay? Then it comes out on physical. I bought it physically, right? Then Because I wanted to compare those. <coughs> then it comes out on Kaleidoscape. I have it on Kaleidoscape. So you keep adding these, but I and buy all of these. This is what I do. And this is what I've always done before. I had a podcast. It has nothing to do with this. I'm just telling everybody what I've been doing my entire life. I love to compare this stuff. I love to, if they come out with a bloodshot token, I'm first in line, <laughs> Like, you know? And it's like, cause I want to see how is this one compare?
3: How does this compare? You know? And well, at it, least you watch them. I just buy it and I don't ever, I never use it. I'm just like, I look at it on the shelf. Yeah. It all I, well,
1: to that I mean, side, i I think I bought saving private Ryan twice on 4k Cause I wanted, I really wanted to watch it and I forgot I already bought it. So I bought it again. And it was like, you know, so, and then that sat on the shelf with, and then I was like, do I have save and private Ryan? I go and look and I'm like, there's two there. there. (laughs) I'm like, so Kaleidoscape answers all that. Do you know how many times I've gone onto my Kaleidoscape to buy something? I'm like, damn it. I already own it. Right, uh, and I'll text my buddy John the screen yeah, grab, no I price. go, they're not letting me buy it again. I'm like, so,
0: Kaleidoscope's <laughs> saving it. me I money.
2: <laughs> I want to buy it. It's on sale. Oh wait, there's no price. That means I already, I own already it. own it. Why um, didn't I get it on sale? Well, and, <laughs> yes. and yes. don't ask
3: me how many times I have bought Star Wars. Well, that's well, that's the one we we're going to get to that. We're going to talk this, this about your it. past. Cause it, cause, oh. Yeah, because you know, the VHS, yeah. DVD. Yeah. Um, watched some in the theater um, mm-hmm. and then I've paid for streaming and you get it that way. And then, yes, you
1: know. I own yeah. them streaming. I own them VHS. I own them laser disc. I own the collector's edition laser disc. I own the, uh, what else? Let me, all okay, the newest. I don't, have, I
3: don't have all that stuff.
1: Oh. <laughs> See, yeah, I I, don't th- have the I, I yeah, did yeah. that one. I did that one. I'm, this one I brought out the other day. Uh, I'm doing this one next week cause I bought it on Kaleidoscape. Oh, this is on Laserdisc. I bought this on Laserdisc back because I think this was one of the first THX or one of the first DTS. something. There was something about this when it came out that it had an audio codec that was first back then. That's Casper for people listening to the audio only version of this. Yeah. <laughs> Casper <laughs> Laserdisc. You what you can't I know. <laughs> everybody's like, what's he
3: talking about? Um, you know, if there's somebody watching this right now that's in the Denver area that has a Laserdisc player that they want to get rid of for cheap, let me know. I'm in the market. There you wow. go. have there you, you, you ever go. seen one on a big display these days uh, uh, it's not worth it, it it's it, yeah it's not worth it but i I need a laser displayer Just to yeah I, it's, I, I, bad. I,
1: I do want one as a legacy piece in my theater when I when I finish it so that I can put it at, yeah exactly no so that you can I mean might as well hold up the bowls cubes too at the front of the room <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah no it's it, it, that's part of the fun right? It's the collecting. It's the comparing. It's the doing all of this stuff. And at the end of the day, this is a PD thing. It's people are trying to achieve something that maybe you can't do. Not maybe. You're not supposed to be able to do. And yes, I think the entire discussion we're having is trying to help people make an educated decision on which way to go and like I said to people when I bought my Kaleidoscape, people warned me. They could go out of business and they like and they always warned me, physical media is permanent. And you know what I said to them? Who's watching this? That's physical. Physical yeah. media gets outdated too, right? Yeah. So and I'm holding up a laser disc for the audio only people. It's like physical media gets outdated too. So yeah. Don't think. I mean, I'm not saying Kaleidoscape can't be outdated, but I've never ever bought a per. I've never made a purchase in home theater and thought this is it because then ne- that's the idea of the hobby, right? And sometimes they go out of business. Sometimes they get reinvented, and you know, you buy the next piece because we're not. Well, DVDs are still selling, but we're not buying VHS
2: like we used to. So it's like but interesting. Have you guys ever looked at? You know, I used to look at this a lot. If you look at, so there, there's a, there's basically a, a report that comes out on, on a fairly weekly, weekly basis, not even monthly, uh, that shows the breakdown, right? So you'll see this. Yeah. 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 And when you look at it, more than half the sales are still DVD. You know, they're not 4K. They're not. And, and this is where I just sit there and I always say, look, like Giles said, and you said DJ, you're buying content. I'm buying content. We have to buy content to keep this stuff moving mm-hmm. forward. And it sucks because we feel like we're footing the bill and, and I have to buy it four or five times and this and that. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that keeps these things moving forward. Otherwise all you're going to be left is streaming, you know, and, and that's well, how I get a lot of these pieces is, you know, we yeah. support mm-hmm. it as best we can, you know, yes, we want deals. Yes. We want this and that. Um, you know, I don't think, you know, much to where Giles was saying, I don't think you're going to see another physical format out there. There's just no point. You know, as you get into no. at some point 8K, either people aren't going to rebuy it or, you know, what, what do you do with the disc, right? Now you've got a, a five layer 200 gig disc. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just going to be harder to play back. It's harder for this and that. Now you have to buy new equipment. Yeah. Why wouldn't I at that point, hopefully download speeds are fast enough for most people. Um, and at that, the end of the day, it's
1: all about, the masses and we aren't the masses and that answers the question on price why why are things so expensive why why is kaleidoscape so expensive why are projectors why are the qualities because they're not dvd is probably i don't even know if dvd's out profiting the others because it's so much cheaper, maybe they could all be bringing in the same amount of money because you pay more for a 4K, you pay, le, right, so you pay the most yeah, for that yeah. disc, you pay less, and on the way down, yeah. they you might all be bringing in DVD. the same amount of money, right, yeah. it just takes less to do that, and it's like yeah. like Apple TV, Apple TVs go for like $150, the, four, the Apple TV 4Ks, you can get a Fire Stick for $30, but they don't need to sell as many Apple TVs to make the same, you know, what I mean? it's all, it, it's a business, yeah. Less people buying it, it's going to cause it to cost
2: more. It's I mean that's yeah people are in a niche market. It's will will you pay? So for all the people, again, I love it. I get it. I've again, I got more than eight hundred discs at home from in the past before I was jumping into Kaleidoscape. The reality is, when physical media, when a four K Blu Ray costs fifty dollars a piece and they're never going on sale because it's a niche market, will you love physical media as much? Mm. (laughs) Or where does the cost per unit start to go against the quality and the convenience and the this and that? Because the reality is if 98% of the people are fine with streaming and as streaming gets better and this and that, the people that are calling out for physical media the only way for physical media to be viable is to raise price, just like kaleidoscopes, just like everything else. Right. So, what what happens at that point? And, and it's the same as the PD. Like, I feel bad. Everybody that bought one, I feel bad. Legitly. Like, I'm not sitting there going, "Ha You know, there's no, there's I have no. One.
3: Even the Kaleidoscape people, I've got one it. too. Anybody want to buy it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Audio comp cinema edition, the pinnacle. Yeah. That was a PE before uh, the ISF certified. Right. I have the, same know, here. the reality is, Pro.
2: like you said, you know, is, is ZDU is getting some extra sales and they're, you know, mm. relatively happy at the moment because they're getting some new buying opportunities and this and that. Sure, you can say that. But the reality is even ZDU, if I'm ZDU, while I may be happy short term, I have to start thinking seriously about long term. <laughs> yeah. If that just happened to Zipidi, when does it happen to me? Right? Yeah. If I'm Kaleidoscape, if I'm, you know, any of these players, you have to look at this as a wake-up call of, am I doing things the right way? Now, Kaleidoscape happens to be in the good licensing side, so they're pretty safe from that perspective. But that's where, you know, all these things come in, and even physical media. If I'm sitting there going, ha, well, those guys that bought us a Zipidi, I just use physical media. But eventually, your physical media is going to be 50 bucks a disc. You know, be, yeah. what does it cost you to buy gravity in, you know, if, if you right. want it, in, it's, in it's, a limited, it's a 100 yeah. $200 disc, mm. you know, it's like, that's outrageous, but that's because they only made so many and they don't make new reprints because not enough people wanted it. So now if you want the diamond edition, you're going to spend a hundred bucks plus for a movie that you could buy on Kaleidoscape for $15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I I hesitate to put this up because it starts with correct Brett, but okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) physical prices, this from Paul again, physical prices sadly are only going, are only likely to go one way. Boutique, Boutique labels already pushing prices in that direction, which is a great point. We all, you have you know, boutique studios putting out the, putting out these discs The stu- you know, the studios will release them to them and then they get to, you know, it's like a kaleidoscope setup. Here, yeah, They're not willing our to put movie, it pay, make right? movie, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll charge you or whatever they pay for it. And then they have to do it. And I've listened to some great podcasts, um, talking about, um, serial at midnight and, um, uh films at home and they talk to these boutiques and what it takes and people complain why can't you do this with a disc and hearing what the process it takes to put these discs out. It's really, you know, people think it's just like, let's just press them and buy, sell That's it to pressing. me for cheap. Why is it a money grab for you? Why is it called a money grab when you're the one paying, but when you own a business, it's like, I got to make money. They got, they're, they're making money. They're in this for money, people. Yeah. It's like, it's not a money grab. It's how you
2: run a business. So. Well, um, that's, that's always, uh, you know, I, I, again, I know, uh not always a fan of discussing that, you know, uh, a run for bankruptcy or this or that, like we were talking about at the beginning, but, but it's funny when I watch in the forums, people that will in the same breath <laughs> say that it's a money grab and that it's too expensive. And then state that they went out of business. And it's like, well, which is it? Cause you can't have both. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Either they're it's not making winning, enough. You're going out of business. Yeah. You know, it's like the reality is it's not. They're, a, they're a good solid business of passionate people. And I know it feels like we just keep, you know, touting the benefits of, but it's like, I'm trying to look at this. I've always tried to look at this fairly objectively, but for this industry, for the passionate sure. people that we are as content users, right? As, as the watchers we need those solutions and that's the solution is that you have to have back end support that you have to have all these things and that's where it comes into the Zapedis and the Dunes and the zedus and all the rest is that's not a that hardware solution is not enough hmm. you know and and that's where guys like plex and again i'm all for plex for whatever you know for everybody using him please don't pirate but that's you know a different right. discussion on it but Plex is realizing, yeah, I need to be able to offer live TV. I need to be able to offer all these things because that's where they're making money from. They're not making money when you pirate 100 movies <laughs> yeah. and you know, and download it to your system. Plex isn't really making a lot of money on that. That's not their go-to. And that's where we need, if we love this industry, if we love content, whether it's physical, whether it's whatever, you have to be willing to pay 50 bucks a disc. You have to be willing to buy a Kaleidoscape. You have to be willing whatever it is at Mm -hmm. whatever level and wherever, whatever solution that you find. But I will say, be careful when you see these hardware only solutions, because I know from building plenty of products that are great products, you can't just build a hardware solution. You need a recurring Mm -hmm. revenue format. You need something in there that allows you to support the backend Mm -hmm. from software and pay attention to that. As people are looking for that next solution, I do feel bad for you. But as you look for that next solution, you might want to take a beat and figure out where are these things going? And if you got the money and you're like, Hey, I spent a thousand dollars on this and then I buy, you know, no different than upgrading equipment, right? We buy mm-hmm. things and we buy new things. <laughs> That's fine. You know, but if you're looking at this from a long term and the time it takes to rip those movies and I mean, there's a lot of pieces that go into this. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say, you know, take a beat realize what you want to do, realize where the benefits or how, how is that business really going to stay in business? What is the business model? Because it can't just be, I built a cheaper box. So therefore people are going to buy it because the reality is there aren't enough of us that love it. Unfortunately, there aren't enough of us that love it to keep that going on. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You know, Brett, what you just talked about is something, it's a mental exercise that I went through I don't know, two or three years ago. And this is where I landed, right? How, how do I want to consume content, right? What what do I need as the tools in my toolbox so that I can be absolutely 100% completely happy? And mm-hmm. I ended on a three-pronged strategy. And this has lasted me for several years and I see it lasting for a while. One, I need something that I can stream with. And I use the NVIDIA Shield 99% of the time. Awesome, all right. I need something... That I can watch movies on in an easy way that allows me to watch content the way that I want to watch it. And that is, uh, CliveScape. And three, I need something else for all of the other pieces. Um, and that is a disc spinner. And so I'm, I'm now Mr. Magnetar mm-hmm. there. Though with those to three tools, I am covered. I, and yep. I, I don't I don't want to rip. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend all the time. I don't want to do things illegally. I want to support movies. So every piece of content that I have, I now pay for. Right. Um, and whether that's on a monthly subscription fee for streaming or a physical disc or Kaleidoscape or sometimes, you know, you're tripling up. Right. <laughs> right. When you buy both the Kaleidoscape and the disc and then it's yep. on streaming at the same time. Uh, but that's that's what works for me. Right. And yep. I feel like I get quality when I need it. I get speed when I need it. I get convenience when I need it. And I don't all the time have all movies on all platforms, but I'm OK. You don't need to have everything everywhere. Nope. So that's that's what works right. for me. Exactly. And that's
1: that's kind of where I'm at. I actually want to talk to you in a little bit about the Magnetar. I saw your video on it the other yesterday.
2: In a and little bit. What's that? I said, in a little bit.
1: In a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> know. A, you know,
2: after hour or two. I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it's, I, I, am the exact same wage. I have the same setup. I had the Zapiti. Um, I will be moving. I'm taking, my son's keeping the Zapiti. Maybe. Um, but yeah, same setup. Kaleidoscape. I have the Panasonic A20 and I have I got I I one use of those two. I use an <laughs> Apple TV. Um, I got one of those two.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I know. Oh, I have every streamer out there, but especially when I was at Logitech, because yeah. I was so, always testing to make sure that things worked.
1: I would like, here, here's, here, the, here's a comment. I, I uh, Joe, Joe Weirs, he says, God, I wish Nvidia Shield would frame rate match. And I just, I'd like to give my opinion on that. I used to do that. That's why I went with Apple TV. They do the fr- uh, frame rate matching. They do, oops, sorry, wrong, wrong one. Frame rate matching. They do, uh, all that stuff, so- you know, I had nothing but problems with that. Apple TVs, streaming. I was working so hard with my streaming devices to try and get the best possible quality to make it seem like it was exactly like when I played a disc or I watched my Kaleidoscape. And you're like, I need the perfect frame rate. I need this. I need that. And then I, then it, one day, about a couple of years ago, it dawned on me. I'm like, this is all compressed. None of this is going to be close to what those discs are. None of it is a, that frame rate matching. It's like, I shut it all off. I enjoy it works perfect. Just enjoy the stream. And, and yep. Just enjoy the stream. Let mm-hmm. it come in. And I think that's where a lot of Nvidia shield people have gone. It's like what they don't really see a difference. Maybe it's running smoother because Apple TV, it's where I got caught up in that. I was trying to get the perfect picture and I'm like, and then it dawned on me. I'm like, I'm never going to have the perfect picture because it's streaming. It's not the perfect picture. You want the perfect picture, you need physical. You need to have an un unstreamed source. So it's like if I had an NVIDIA Shield, Joe, and I, I wouldn't even worry. I, I don't have an NVIDIA Shield. I shut off my frame rate and, you know, all that mapping and matching and stuff on my Apple TV. It runs smoother and it, it, you know, and I enjoy my content and it looks great. I, I don't notice a difference. From what it was before. I do see a difference between that and physical.
3: So just wanted to. I'm right there with you. I don't worry about any of that stuff. I just, you know, when it comes to streaming, I just stream and have fun and and watch it. And foundation looks great. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I I, I think you get into, especially
2: nowadays, uh, you know, there are people that buy, you know, they they want a – A fire stick because they're a big Alexa user, right? That makes sense because now I can access all my content by, by voice. If you're an Apple user, you probably use an Apple TV. If you're anti Apple, you know, you own a Shield and then plenty of people that are in, you know, in the, in the mix in the general. But you know, if you, if you want that Android experience, Shield, you know, is, and a Shield Pro especially, I own all of them. I've played with all of them. Uh, again, you'll see in the forums, people, oh, I, I, I couldn't get Atmos in this, but I can get Atmos on this device, or I get this and that. And it's like, I, I get that, you know, audio codecs are a little bit more important, maybe, you know, than, than because you're listening to them. Uh, but, you know, yeah, you know, I, I think it's just watch it on on what you want to watch. You know, I bought a Shield, one, because I, te- I like to test a lot of stuff, but two, actually for Plex. You know, because that's it's a great way if I can use that, then I can use Plex on a on a Shield Pro and then just hook, uh, you know, a portable hard drive right into the USB on the back, which you can't do on an Apple. Um, But for the most part, as we've gone and especially as I moved into a house and had multiple TVs that I needed to put something behind, because I will <laughs> say I'm not a big fan of using built in apps on the TVs yet. I don't think that they're as good. I still like a secondary box. But you can still have the same discussion, right? So we all we all have our idiosyncrasies, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. uh, In how we want to look at this. I'm like, I won't use the free app that's on the, you know, that that is basically the same Netflix app. No, 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 no. I have to go buy a hundred and eighty dollar Apple TV unit or this and that. But I think it comes into how do we want to be able to access stuff. You know, and, and, and a lot of those things change too. I used to be, well, I buy an Apple TV because I want to be able to take, uh, my wife, because she's a teacher, so they're on Apples typically. So she wants to be able to put her laptop up on the TV. That's easier to do on an Apple TV. Nowadays it's not because every TV out there pretty, you know, even at a, at a they at Airplay, $300. Yeah, yeah they, mm-hmm. they all have AirPlay, right? And so, you know, as those things shift, does that again, are, are we going to stop buying boxes because we're just going to use what's in the TV? But then are we taking that downgrade from yeah. the TV? Because, you know, it's no different than the speakers in the TV discussion, right? Versus a sound bar versus, uh, an 18 channel, 30 channel, uh, Atmos system. You know, everybody's got their breaking point and when do, when and where and what rooms do I find this to be an important piece? That's my wallet. I know yeah, that's usually <laughs> how I go. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but yeah, it's like, okay, I got a TV in the kitchen nook. Do I really need, you know, X, Y, and Z to go along with that? Or am I fine with the app that's just
3: built? Oh man, people? I went through that exact issue with the kitchen nook TV. Well, you have a frame in there, don't you? Didn't I've, I've, got got a, I've got a frame and yeah, 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 dude, i remember I've that. Got a box behind the frame and the wall, right? So I installed the stuff and it's in there and it's all yep. nice and flush. And I used to have that Nvidia shield plugged in there and I ripped it all out. I used the, the internal apps on the, the, app television the TV and yep. that is where we watch most of our TV and just on a little, the little, the most crappy sound bar that Samsung makes, little 820 or whatever it is, right? Yeah, the 805B. I forget what it is. A little tiny, skinny one, a 55 inch frame. It's not big, man, but, but we're close to it. And, and then the built in apps and it's got everything and it just yep. works. Yeah. And, 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 and it does. there's no Atmos. Not really. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or at least it's fake, you know, however it's, it's running fake. through, right? But even then, yeah. Um, No, and I think that's where people have to look, right? You can't bash. I watch the forums, and I always feel bad when people are, oh, you know, a sound bar that's not a real home theater, or a Sona system, that's not a real home theater. Look, oh, I, I get what, what you're awesome. saying. I, I've got bigger systems than most, and, you know, a lot of these things, and I'm, you know, blessed from that perspective. But it's like we're all investing whatever we have. But I have other rooms that I listen to on a, a Sona soundbar, and I have other rooms that – will probably be upgraded at some point, but they're on a TV speaker <laughs> I, and they're, you know, they're different, yeah. but, but I have to say, Hey, that's what's in there because it's 20 minutes at a time, or it's at the end of the night where it's a, this or a that. Um, but I'm the same guy who also runs a surround sound system in my bedroom, you know? So it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it all just depends on how we're looking at things and, and what we want. Well, and enjoy I, the content. I say to people like it, if you started with, with like a,
1: a 15 channel system. You, you don't know anything. That's the right. guy, the guy starting with the sound bar and working his way up, the knowledge he's going to gain and know the difference. <laughs> so if you started with a 15 channel system because you're, you know, you're in your thirties and you, you, you made sure. some money and you had somebody money. install it and you're poo pooing on the guy starting out and learning. I got news for you in a few years. He's going to know a lot more than you do. Yep. And yep. it's like, I, and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, what I'm saying is don't look down on those people because we all were those people. Yeah. It's like we started with nothing and then you – because, well, literally when we started, there was nothing. It almost – home theater was literally like, I got an idea. Let's put more speakers in my room. <laughs> and then they decided to make receivers for Roger, us. Roger would sound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it, so it, it was – I'm not saying we invented it, but it was it was literally our market of people doing this, and they're like, maybe we could do this with the receiver. We could put it all into one chassis, and you know, and that's how. You, so it's that's where we were, and the knowledge you gain from all of that bad audio, all of those bad decisions you made, and it's like my son-in-law is 24 years old. He's doing everything I did. And he's asking for advice and he's like, what can I do? And I'm like, just keep doing it. Just keep trying, keep doing it. And I, at one point I did tell him, I said, I could give you the answer, but you won't learn it. You won't know it. You need to hear, you can't, I can't tell you what to look for in a good picture or good sound because that's up to you as an individual, but you need to learn what you need to, what is good, what is bad for you. And that the only way you can do that is lots of error. And then you you start to hear what oh there's the improvement I get that, and we've all been there, and
2: you know, no nope. I, I I agree you know and and you know the the only flip side that I've seen people and this is just you know forums and trolls really
0: but hmm.
2: you know I've watched the people because I'm always like hey whatever you got sounds great hmm. enjoy it right <laughs> last year at CEDIA so a, you know a, a year and a month ago we did this setup. Uh, in Texas. So CD was in Texas and I had a dealer out there. So, you know, we threw a party out there. I had some people go out. Um, and I think I actually had, who was on here earlier. So Michael Stevens. So, you know, he came out and he did a little tour of the, of the theater. Now this theater was, was built by, by Keith. <laughs> so Keith Yates, if you, yeah, you know, yeah. so, so this, this is a tremendous theater. It sounded amazing. And we're running through there, and there's, you know, all these comments. And and I get some guy that goes in there, and he's like, Well, you know, I think I spent $3,000 on my system, and I bet oh, you yes. it sounds better than this system. Oh, I'm just sitting there going, Okay, look, I'm the first to say, enjoy your $3,000 system. But objectively, you're freaking out of your mind. You know, I mean, it's no, like, objectively, that's- you don't know. No, he doesn't, oh, you've heard this, he doesn't never know heard the those difference. systems out right. there. And that's where I always sit there and go, you know what, mm-hmm. enjoy what you have. Don't always feel like you have to keep stepping up. But look at things as aspirational. Don't look at somebody who has more mm-hmm. than you or a bigger or more expensive theater than you as, oh, I hate this guy because he's wasting money or he's doing this or that. Look at it as aspirational. There's probably a reason why these things are there. And When I look at, you know, Keith Yates Theater or I do a lot of work, obviously, with Anthony Grimani, who, again, is typically a fan favorite when we go into these, you know, setups. And you look at his speakers and I look at the fact that he wins awards every year and he does this and that. And it's like, objectively, you cannot tell me that your $500 speakers sound as good as his $8,000 speakers. Now, you can tell me I can't afford these speakers. And I wouldn't disagree with you. We're all in that same spot. That's what I said to you at Cedia. (laughs) But don't tell me that they don't sound better or the room doesn't sound better or the professional calibration or the, you know, these things are there for a reason. And we all have the guy who's streaming stuff is saying that you're nuts because you spent three grand on a system, you know, and and then the guy at three grand is saying that you're nuts because you spent 10 or $20,000 and that guy because you spent a hundred thousand dollars. System. and i get it but it's one of those things that i think we all just need to appreciate because if you didn't have the guy who's frankly spending 000, 000, 000 on a hundred thousand dollars a million dollars on on a system you wouldn't have the great technology that we get to enjoy at Circle that down, lower yeah. level and that's how i look at it is that all those things start layering down that's marantz to denon that's you know cars it works the same way right it's you know it's porsche to audi it's you know it's whatever you want. It's Lexus well, to Toyota. It's, you know, all those brands, the technology filters down. And if you didn't have those early buyers, if you didn't have all those people, mm-hmm. if you didn't have people like us that are willing to buy <laughs> bloodshot seven times, uh, you know, you wouldn't Surprise, be getting has, There's no bloodshot that, two yet. <laughs> that's right. That, that, that's what I say. You wouldn't get a bloodshot two. <laughs> I gotta buy it again. That's right. That's right. Keep buying it, DJ. You can single-handedly support Bloodshot 2. Bloodshot out. 2, the DJ. That's edition. right. But uh but but that's really where you have to look at it is this is fun. This is hopefully expendable Whoa. income. This is, you know, all those things that we do and support what you can and just don't hate on the other people because yeah. unfortunately, I watch people bashing. I watch the Plex guys bashing on the Kaleidoscape guys, or probably even the Zapita guys. And unfortunately, what you end up with is companies going out of business because they don't get supported because, you know, nobody wants to jump into a forum. And I used to see this all the time. Somebody, one or two people would come out on, you know, for Plex users that are just bashing on using anything else. Nobody wants to come in and go, well, I own that. And it's actually pretty good. That's <laughs> you what know, I try to do. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, didn't, and, but that was the thing. And, and mm-hmm. guys like Giles, guys like Matt Blair, all these guys. That is kind of where I started when I came in there. I started posting those comments and then people started feeling more comfortable saying, yeah, sure. this is better. You know, this is why I buy this. this is it, you know, cause nobody wants to sit there and go, yeah, you're right. I'm an idiot. I spent, <laughs> you know, 10 right. times the amount that you spent. But if you can sit there and somebody's backing you up and that's really where this industry has to go is supporting each other, supporting these products, whatever it is, the PD, Z Dune, I think sometimes people build products that they don't have a business case for, and that becomes a problem ultimately long-term. But, you know, all these products deserve to be supported because all they're trying to do is get DJ better content than he had before, you right. know? Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what this stuff is
1: hopefully all about. And that's, that's what I was just going to ask Giles. I'm like, take, try to put your, today's brain in your, the, the vision that you have now, the, the, Uh, You know the hearing that you have now. How you watch and see a movie and put it in your twenty-year-old, you know, Mm. twenty-five-year-old self, and it's like it's that ignorance is bliss, and it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, do you – people don't understand
3: that as you get more and more knowledge, you you see things at the time, right? Yeah. 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 You, you have to, you have to learn. And I remember when I first started out, you know, years ago and had a VCR player and I thought it was awesome. And mm-hmm. you remember when the, uh the, the front projection televisions were a big thing. You have the yeah. huge yep. guns, guns down there, you know, yeah. and the light yeah. or whatever. And, you know, the diamonds
2: awesome. and all, yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh, yeah. And, and then, you know, I, I can remember that first 42 inch plasma that cost like a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, then the first LED and you're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And, you know, and here we are today, right? And, and, you know, I can predict the future. I, I, I have a very solid vision of what I think home theater is going to be in 10, 15 years. And it, it doesn't resemble what we have now, right? I, I you know, I, and a lot of people poo poo my ideas, but uh, I firmly believe that panel TVs, the wall style, small panels is going to completely uh, take over. Projection. I, I think projection is going to go by the wayside. Uh, and that, that's, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my not popular opinion of the day. I, I wouldn't argue that panels will become a thing,
1: but I think there's room for both because they'll be, because uh, like, my opinion is, I, and I've had this discussion, I'm, tr- what I'm trying to do in my theater is replicate that going to a theater experience
3: and I'm 53. I think that's going to happen at the real theater too. It may. Commercial, commercial right. theaters. is happening. Will, I mean, it, it, you you right. have some theaters yeah. going into, into yep. panel. Right. Mean,
1: but I'm 53 years old and. Not,
2: but, not and, DJ's and, and, lifetime. <laughs> no, no, but inv,
1: no, but what I'm saying is, is like I have 53 years of experience of having that light behind me shooting an image onto the screen And that is the experience that I, the silver screen that it's not shot at you. It's reflected to you that feeling. And that, you know, even, I mean, I, I play it in my show, the, the, the film reel rolling, you know, it's like that, that whole entire, not that I get that in my room, but, but you know what I mean? And it's like, I feel like there will be a niche market for the project. I don't think it'll go away entirely. I do agree that as the prices come down for panels, it will become more accessible. It'll be easier to build an entire wall. It'll be, it'll be like, You know, uh, Total Recall and your whole wall, it could look like 1970s wallpaper one minute and then you can put the news on it, whatever. And it's like you could do all that. I see that as a future. But I also see, like vinyl, like other things, there will be a niche market for the guy, the person that wants to build an old-timey theater in their basement and be able to project it onto the – I mean, I'm not going to use a CRT and I'm not using reel-to-reel, but – you know what I mean? It's like I, I don't see it going away entirely. It may become more expensive, or maybe legacy piece like this. Um, do you do you think here's a, here's one? Do you think that there can be that vast of an improvement visually in the future that would make something like a projector obsolete?
3: Well, I, I think that we're there now. I think the, the best panel televisions are of a quality level. So a, a television is better quality than any projector, even a million dollar projector. You take your best OLED television today, that picture, it's not big. You know, it's not, you can't do mm. 250 inches right now, but you know, you sit down and you sit in front of the, uh, the Sony that just won the, the 4K shootout and that picture is Better than any picture that a projector can do. And, and, you know, let's, I, I and let's go beyond the, the Barcos and the Christie's and the stuff that are in, I, let's go pro, right? You know, is, is the picture's better. We're there. The picture's better. Now is, but is,
0: is that, that,
1: but is that something that you, now I, I've had this discussion. I had it today with my projector guy. Is that something that you, that people would want? I don't know if I would want that because oh, that's that, that 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 you know what i mean and it's like it, it, i'm not saying that that isn't going to be more popular you're correct oleds are more popular but i think even if you could get an oled si, if i could have a 110 oled on my wall i am not 100% sure i'd be like this isn't exactly like a theater this is like an oled on my wall it's not oh. a, a it's not a projected image i love my projected image i i And I have an OLED upstairs and it's like to watch a movie, there's, you know, it's that environment. It's that whole, it's the aesthetics. It is that like, it isn't dead on black, but when I went to the movies for the last 50 years, it never was dead on black. But when I watch a football game, I do want an OLED. I want that vibrancy. You want all, you know what So that's all I'm saying is that there can be a market for it, but I think we're at the, we're at the. I mean, how much better can it get from the OLED perspective? You know what I mean? You can't even get better than that. What if projectors could get that good?
3: Uh if they could get that good then there might be a a, a case for it. I don't know that uh I think just the limitations of the technology. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a like a vinyl. Projection is like vinyl, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's not better. You know, and, and people mm-hmm. will want it, right? Because they just want it. It's not the best, but they want it because they want it. Yeah, um, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, nostalgia, right? And yep. so you'll what you'll do is you'll have you'll have a wall and your whole wall will be screen right floor to well not all the way floor to ceiling because you're going to have to have enough room for your line array style speakers on the top and bottom because you have Which to have Which is the bigger the, issue? Yeah, it's the sound is the bigger issue. The right?
2: Audio is the bigger issue at this. Yeah, you have yeah. to
3: be able to anchor that sound behind <clears throat> behind a panel, right? And the only way you can do that is you have uh, speakers on the top and bottom and then you use processing to do yeah, sideways yeah. stereo. Well, isn't Sony working on like the screen as a speaker?
2: Um, yeah, but that's that, still that that's hokey. I, that's I, I easy. know it's no, hokey. No no
1: right. no but and I'm not enough. saying it's like, gonna be like a Gramani speaker.
2: <laughs> yeah. But the idea is they're so they're they're using it to vibrate, right? People have used right. glass, people have used walls. I mean you you can buy you know speakers that are flush in a in a wall that are literally plastered over Yep. Mm-hmm. And they sound good. I mean, they, they mm-hmm. really do stealth acoustics. There's plenty of brands. Uh, stealth acoustics is great. And, and for what most people need, they sound great. Now, if you're going to tell me that that sounds the same as a Gramani speaker or a BMW <laughs> or whatever, it doesn't, you know, no. I, I think where a lot of this comes into is, and for a lot of us is nostalgia. It's whatever we grew up with, right? We mm-hmm. sit in an odd space where we were born with physical media. And so mm-hmm. things like vinyl. They hearken us back to when we were little, little, and our parents were using vinyl, and we're doing this and that. Mm. And it's caught on with even some younger people that are using it, but that's more kitschy of like, hey, look at me. I'm using vinyl, right? Because they never grew up on it. <laughs> right? But it, yeah, you're not going to tell me at the end of the day. Now, Pops, I, I, I understand it, right? It's the same as when you look at a projector. You want that look and feel of, of it reflecting back to you but you know it's not as bright. You know you can't actually get HDR. You know you can't actually – you know, I mean, like, there's all these caveats into the I prefer this, whereas when you start looking at screens now, when you start getting into 150 inches, 200 inches, like, multi-panel pieces, you're still looking at a a subsection where now you're looking at dot pitch. You're looking at all these – sorry, I'm getting a little
3: Yeah, and, and that's but, you know, and it's still expensive. That hasn't
2: gotten there yet, right? right? But if I just want to look at, like – Okay, well, how much do I need to spend when you start getting into 150 inch and plus projector to do it in a good size room? Now you start talking about 50, 80, $100,000 projectors, right? GTZ380s, you start looking at barcos, you start looking at this and that. And, you know, last year we saw the Christie's and you look at the black levels on some of that stuff and it's nuts. And then you start looking at the price and You're sitting there going, what else could I do? It. Yeah, that's nuts yeah. too. You know, and and I think that's where it comes in, where like Giles said, I mean, you go into you know, I I always for some reason I always think about it. so like Fahrenheit 451, right? So old school book that goes in there and it talks about yep. the future. But whenever you look at the future, but you know, even look at movies and, and everything else. They always show it's, it's the wall on the, you know, your, your wall is a Mm -hmm. TV, right? You look out it and you, you change what the outdoor looks like. You know, do I want it to be an Aspen today or do I want it to be in a desert? You can't do that with a projector because the reality is you stand up and you block it. You, the reality is it doesn't get as bright. The reality is it takes a huge amount of space and it requires ventilation or you hear fans and you don't have any of those issues with a front panel, with some sort of panel LED. Yeah, direct view screen. Direct view screen. What you do have today as an issue, for those of us that love theater, is an audio disconnect. Mm -hmm. You cannot get the same, but it's the same as, you know, some people are watching movies and they've got a screen that's not AT and they've got speakers on the sides or a speaker on the ground, right? And I'm like, Mm. that speaker is getting blocked by the front row of sound, you know? So you can tell me you love it, but it's still not the best. The only right way to do it is... Frankly, with an AT screen with, you know, the same mm-hmm. speakers all the way, you know, in the LCR or a larger wall and bring or, it. I mean, that's, I mean, sure. at the end of the day, it's all of com- the center, everything's right?
1: compromise. That's home. Yeah. That's home theater. That's home that's, theater in a and nutshell. And Where am I compromised? I
2: want to spend to get me out yep. of whatever hole that I'm in.
3: And so did you I think that, uh, did you guys see the Barco residential display mm-hmm. at Cedia? Yeah, That, that, that is. The future, from my perspective, for a, a, a large number of enthusiasts, right? Because they I use thought that the, was rear projection. <laughs> it, well, a lot of a lot of people ask me, is that projector a direct screen? Because I've got like a video, a million, 1.2 million views on it right now. People yeah. love mm-hmm. this thing. Um, they are doing everything right there. So they use TPI audio, and they're out of UK. They have a. Uh, uh, a position controller, a spatial position controller. So if you look at this screen, right, it had two speakers on the top and bottom on the left, two in the center, two on the right. Mm -hmm. And this was to create the phantom center channel using their motion controller. Right. And so they're, they, they set this up to a certain degree, like a line array. And the whole point of a vertical line array is so that you don't have any exchange in sound as you move in the horizontal plane, only in the vertical plane. Right. So you get rid of, uh, I forget what the, uh, the technical term is for. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So you get rid of the comb filtering, right? So there's no comb, comb filtering on the horizontal plane. Um, It it sounded absolutely amazing. And that's, that is what I see as the future. That set up in a format that is affordable. Yep. Which is going to take time. I mean, that's, it'll take take time, but that's, that's the future right there. That's, that's, that's my prediction. So panel speakers above and below and for the, for the LCR and potentially front wides as well. If you're going to do something like that. The, pain, the, yeah. the
2: problem is doing it right. I mean, that's yeah. that's the reality. Because <laughs> yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you put speakers above and below, if you put even two of them, the issues you start getting into comb filtering and di- different audio issues that that arise mm-hmm. based on where you're moving or well, you know, and your even even in your room environment.
1: People are going to try to cram that in. Is it too close to the ceiling? Is it too close to the floor? Is this one blocked by your front row? Are you too close? Are you yeah. sitting too close now? Because if you're too close, you're not going to be at the right point for, to get the correct imaging. And that's the issue There's, with all. Oh, yeah. And yep. that, that's the, the most, again, those are the compromises that we all are going, we go yep. through and we've been going through for 30 plus years,
2: right? And yet when I listen to my Sonos, and it's a sound bar that sits above the TV. It sounds just fine. that's huh? yeah. <laughs> yes, the yeah, 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 reality. You know, we we get nitpicky when we start talking about theaters and all the rest. But when I listen to a speaker, or I listen to twenty year old speakers that I have in my old house, uh, and I and I have my center channel above, you know, and it's like, and a lot of people put it below, but I'm like, in my mind, where is the head on the screen? It's towards the top third, so I want my speaker above because as it's coming down to me. It's still, it sounds like it's coming from the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we all have different ways to look at it, but there is also certain technical aspects that we think our mind or, you know, we think it's the better way or we think it's right because it's what's in our house and it's not. You know, the reality is that the science doesn't, you know, stand up to, to what's going on with it. And I think that's the, that's the reality and, you know, different topic. We won't seriously dive into it, but like, RP22 which is something that I know you guys saw not all the consumers understand it but like at CEDIA mm. we basically had a new standard for CEDIA uh that came out for immersive audio right it's it's atmos it's you know where speakers should be aligned and we've had these discussions for years where you know are you in an atmos or uh, you know are you in a Dolby or a DTS camp right you know and and the speaker movements and the changes are minimal but they're there and so it's like, well, if you build this theater, do you build it for Dolby, uh, you know, for an Atmos system or do you buy it or do you build it for DTS? Because they're not exactly the same. And and really what RP-22s tried to do is how can we make this so that it works well for both? Because when I watch one movie, it's in Dolby Atmos and I watch another movie, it's in DTS HD. And it's BS to think that I have to build speakers to fit <laughs> one of those standards if it's not an actual standard for the movies. That only hurts. Right. And so, you know, that's where, you know, people can say, oh, well, I like this and I like that and this is fine or I like a speaker above and below because now I get good coverage depending on what row I'm in. Well, yes, except for if you're in the back row and you can't quite get the front speaker, you're still getting reflections off the lower speaker. And that's what creates what they call comb filter. Um, so, you know, it's like there is science to this. It's not just build shit the way that I want to. You know, but at the same time, I'm always like, whatever your price level is, enjoy that, but try to follow a little bit of the science and not just make it, oh, well, I think, you know, I think my $1,000 system, you know, rivals this Yates theater. Now you're just full of, you know, it it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) Well, you use the,
1: you know, Jack Nicholson line, you know, (laughs) you don't, you have the, you know, you have the privilege. What is it? The privilege to not have the know what I know. It's like, you you know, and it's like, that's really what it is. And it's ignorance like, is bliss. yeah, ignorance is bliss, is exactly right. Yeah, and no it's like, doubt. if I, if, you if I, I, you're in a good spot. Oh, so
2: leave, don't ever get a me. I, I've got the worst of it because I get to demo all these systems. I've worked for Bowers, I've worked for Gramani, yeah. I've worked, you know, and that means I listen to all these systems that I'm like, and then I go home and I'm like, go okay, home. Right. Uh, now I need oh. to upgrade. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean,
1: in, in my world, I, I've I've said this to you, Brett. Where I I repair cars for a living. Yeah. I know good paint from bad paint. I know when a car's been damaged. Literally driving down the road, and I, I mean, the first day on the job, the guy training me was driving down the road, and he goes, "That car me." He goes, "You'll be there someday," and that's what it's like. It's like you yeah. see you. Most people don't know what I know. I see a car, and I'm like, I know what panel's been hit and what panel hasn't been hit, and it's it's you know, but that's all experience of seeing yeah. and knowing and, and but it's the same thing when you hear audio files, it's like, I know a good sound and all, you can't tell the difference. No, you can't tell the difference. It doesn't mean somebody else can't. It's and exactly the same with right. video and everything like that. Yeah. And it's like, just appreciate what you have. And, and like, child said i was going to say the same thing it's like ignorance is bliss but that's yeah. ignorance isn't a bad thing enjoy nope. it while you can because <laughs> it sucks when you get the knowledge and you go in and somebody goes what do you think of my room you're like it's great <laughs> or worse somebody shows you your room and you go my room
3: sucks <laughs> yeah. like, damn yeah, that's it a more bad situation
1: yeah and you're like oh no you know and i mean we all have the stories my kids come out of places Dad, what was wrong with that TV? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like you hand it down and it's ignorance is bliss. Enjoy it while you can. Cause if you're in this hobby, you will gain knowledge and then all you're going to do is complain. Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I, I agree. You've got a few, com- I'm trying to read some. I did not realize that you could see comments in here earlier. So when Giles is like, Oh, I saw this comment. I'm like, dude, I can see what people are saying. Oh yeah. I saw. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, you know, again, they're talking about, you know, we're talking about beaming and comb filtering and the rest. Uh, Joe goes DTS is better. Love it, absolutely.
3: We all have our favorites. But I'm oh, I it. had a heart attack about DTS yesterday. I I flipped on a movie on uh, my client's game. I forget which one it is, and I looked over at my processor, and I've got an actress and it the little DTS symbol was lit up, and I am like, "What is oh. that? I haven't <laughs> seen that in years." And I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shoot,
2: DTS! Yeah.
3: Oh my god, that's right." Um, but Eddie
2: was saying in there, you know, I'm watching you guys using his, his, uh, CI 3160, right. And he can't tell that the sound's not coming from the center of the screen. And that's, I I think no matter what our minds start and our brains start to process it that way. Right. Right. Because you'd be very upset if it didn't, you know, and so, um, you know, if it's, if it's hugely off, then that's one thing, but otherwise, you know, I, I agree. And I think that's where, um, This is also a case, Paul, Paul, and the effect
1: of a center not being not behind the screen gets worse as the screen gets bigger. That's why it works for most TVs but stops working as you go to projection. Yes and no. I agree with you because, of course, as the screen gets bigger, that becomes further away from the middle of the screen, of course. But the other part is I used to have an AT screen. And when I first went away from it and actually went to a larger screen, I had a 104 inch AT screen. I only went to 110 inch. But for those first couple weeks, I'm looking down at when my speaker was, and you look and you're conscious of it, right?? Yeah. And I think when we, if you get enveloped in a movie, you're going to think it comes from wherever the hell you want to think it comes from because you're so locked in on that movie. And you got, right. You know, I break down scenes time after time and I'll watch a scene. I'll watch a movie beginning to end. And I'll be like, that was amazing. I could hear the missile up on top of the screen right And i now. Timestamp that. And I'll go back and listen to it and be like, It's not up there. (laughs) It's not there. But I was so invested in the movie at the time that your brain, everything, your your enthusiasm helped you move that along. And what everybody in the chat is saying is a 100% right. These are all accurate descriptions. But it's also at times when we're sitting there going, I know it's down there. I'm not invested in the movie. I'm just trying to analyze the situation. And that's not really what in like my podcast, it's about the experience, right? Exactly. It's about like, enjoy the movie, let it wash over you, whether it's streaming or whatever. I mean, it doesn't mean we can't have these fun discussions. It doesn't mean we can't aim for perfection. Just no one ever getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> mean, except for Giles, he's got perfection.
2: That's right. That's right. I, I wish. I, if, I, if, I, if I, I just, to, I just go to other people's theaters. I go, well, okay, yeah. me. I'm going to come by this week because we need to, <laughs> yeah. I need to watch a movie. Um <laughs> But, yeah, no, it's – you know, I, I sat there last night. I was watching TV. We were just in the family room, and I'm in the middle of new house setting up a lot of stuff. So, literally, it's a it's a 65-inch 60, uh, with the Sonos soundbar up top, right? That will go into another room later on. And I'm watching Pump Up the Volume, which is like – Oh, yeah. I don't think they've yeah. ever updated this, right? Uh, happy Harry Hardon? Is that that one? Yeah, that's right. There happy you go. Harry Hardon.
1: Um, but I haven't seen it in
2: years. Yeah, I I probably own it on Kaleidoscape. I didn't even bother to put it on. I just—it was eleven thirty at night. I'm like, no, it was on TV. I just turned it on, started watching it, and you know, just enjoy it. You know, I think that's where we sometimes, no matter what room, no matter what size, I'm happy to enjoy the content. Content first. But if I can watch it and I have an ability to be able to watch it in a good theater or this and that, then I'm going to take it. You know, and if I get the opportunity to watch it in somebody else's amazing theater, I'm going to have nothing but aspirational positive thoughts on that. It's not going mm-hmm. to be, oh, I wish I had this or, you know, it, it's not worth it versus mine. It's going to be, holy crap. That was amazing. You know, I wish mine sounded quite that good or this or that. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, but and that's, no, you know, that's, and that's always, the
1: other thing too, is you talk about aspirational pieces. I think if, if, there, it there never is an end. Is there for you, Giles? Like, don't you look forward to being able to get those pieces? Like, I, lo- I, I, I watch your channel. You're always talking about tech, whether it's home theater or phones, or you're you're always looking at that stuff.
3: And doesn't that drive you, anyways? Like, just the, yeah, I, the I pursuit. The yeah, I have a passion for the for the gear, um, and but but that's very specific in certain areas, right? So there's some things that I'm pretty happy with. Um, like in two channel world, I think I've reached where I need to be at. Right, I'm not really. I you know I, I have a a, I don't know, I have a this. So I'm in the, in my office, and I have the patented trademark Giles McCoy office Hi-Fi two channel test room here. And, Same uh, name as
1: YouTube YouTube channel. That's, that's
3: yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. neat. And, you know, I'm looking <laughs> at it here, and you know, I've got right now in here are a pair of uh, Sonner. Uh, audio speakers that i'm testing so it's a company out of south africa and they are really good right i mean they they are outstanding and i've got like a, a beta version of a stark sound uh, amplifier and it's going to retail It's let be like eight grand or something but then i've got like a a, a weem pro plus stuck into a Jachelli <laughs> uh, dac right which runs into a topping preamp and all of that stuff that's like I don't know, $600 or something all in <laughs> and it sounds perfect, yep, right? Yep. And then I got a couple of subwoofers and I do stereo subs on it, right? But I, I, for me, I don't need more than that for, for two channels. So I, it's, it's good enough. I'm not really chasing after anything there. I, I like the equipment. I like to do the reviews and I like to talk about things to help other people that are chasing that next thing. But for me, I'm in a pretty good spot. Um, for theater, uh, the things that I want to chase after are things that I can't really afford to do. So I just hope to have opportunities to talk about them at some point. So I want to do a full AES 67 system, right? Yep. And, and, and I need all new amplifiers. I need a processor and you know, you, you need 60 grand to get in or something like, well, maybe not that much, but a lot, right? So what's the storm processor? 20 grand just for the processor. Yeah, about that. And then you need. 16 channels of amplification or something. And, you yep. know, that, so, I, you know, I don't have that. Actually- and it's at a level because it's not just any amp. It's a it's so amp it's yeah, amp exactly, the technology,
2: right. right? So it's got to be exactly
3: right. You need to go talk to Mr. Bramani time. and be like, you know, let I need me, some of your speakers with amplification.
1: Now, no. let, let me ask you this, though.
2: Do I you have you a up when you get to though, Joss? <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, you say, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> me too,
2: because that's what I got to put in my house. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, well, I'm about to build a theater How do I I not build an A S sixty seven because it was so cool? It was technology, and I love the technology. You know, forget it's it's never like oh because I I do some stuff with Anthony. It's like go go ahead, well, what
1: I was gonna say is like I love that room, right? And a lot of things. What I say to people is like you don't you don't need the thirty thousand dollar JVC. Your room's not big enough, right? You can get away with you're only throwing fourteen feet go with the middle one. You're, you're going to dial back that bigger one. Now, will that system, do you need a larger room for that? And if you don't, do you necessarily need 16 channels if you have a smaller room? Well, I was, I was just putting
3: that out there. As I, kind know, of off I know. The I'm,
1: no, I'm literally asking yeah. those questions because in a smaller room, does that system, are the benefits there is basically so it, what I'm asking. I
3: only need 15 channels. It, when I'm not doing... If, if you don't build a system where you need discrete channels for different speakers in a speaker, right? Like use three channels for your center channel. So you're doing a, a bass emit and a tweet for that. Um, for me in my room, 7.4.4 is pretty good. And if you want to mm. be in Trinov world, maybe you need to do 7.4.7, right? And oh, then have seven. four subs in the front and three subs in the back or whatever. So you can do their waveforming, but. Yeah, so I'm very happy with seven bed channels, four Atmos channels, and then the appropriate number of subwoofers, yeah. and that's oh, enough okay. channels for me, right? So I I don't need to have in my room, you know, like eight rows of surrounds, right? And I and I don't really need six tops either, right? Yeah. Four four is enough. So yeah, I can get by with a 15 channel, 16 channel processor, no problem. Okay.
2: And I, and, I, and I agree with that. I mean, we we look at uh, even the Sound Room Ten display. So that was eleven dot four dot four, right? Eleven four 6. no, 11.6.4. four. Yeah, so, subs come uh, first. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, subs come first technically. Six, sub, sub, yeah, I I subs come first. Yeah, it goes in yeah, order. In it season, goes in order, order of and conception. And I know.
3: Yeah, it's forward it, forward, it's also a discussion
2: yeah. because is it really .4 or .6 because you have six subs, but they're all playing it's, the same, It's the point same one. note, right. the same, same .1 yeah. Still, right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it actually has to be playing in different speakers to actually be a .6 or a .4. But, right. um, but I, so same as Giles. So, so I've got a room that I'm building out and it's only 10 foot wide by about 20 feet deep. It'll probably be about 18 in, in the room. Um, and so I, I think if you're talking, you know, top channels, so, you know, we call them Atmos, but really they're not Atmos. They're, mm-hmm. they're you know, they're top channels. Overheads. They're top channels. Yeah. Yeah. Atmos is the whole thing, right? So, but if if you look at your overheads, if you look at your ceiling, you know, your top channels, if you have two, that's great. But when you have four, you actually get movement. Whereas right. yeah. if you have two, it's still moving. But that's the balance. That's the fake that's, that's going between yeah. that speaker and the next speaker, right? And it's it's changing the position and the timing to be able to make right. it sound like it's moving. over. They're
1: helping to pull the height
2: of the of the, of the bed layer speakers yep. up a little bit. That's yep. really all. So they're doing. you know, and then when we get in, I mean, I, it's a great system at five. You know, a five one great system is better mm-hmm. than a, a you know sixteen channel crappy system. You know, the the reality is there's a lot to go with that. So. You know, can you get more from a five to a seven? I think yes. When you start getting into 11s and the rest, depending on your size, depending on a lot of those things, sure, it's worth it. But I think getting seven, so you've got your three up front, you've got enough on the side and you've got some in the rear is really getting you enough envelopment. And then, uh, you know, the way that I've looked at it, and this comes from from Anthony, this comes from... You know, Keith will sometimes look at things in like massive quantities. He runs software that actually tells him how many speakers, how many subwoofers and where do they go. But, you know, if you look at, you know, a lot of the, you know, the data for years that have gone through, it's, it's four subs, right? If you have one big sub, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the reality is you have a hot spot, you have a cold spot, you know, because you have not consistent with yeah. models. Yeah. yeah, it's really rough with one. Exactly. You know, you add two, but then I'll watch people and they put two in the front. And I'm like, that's not really helping that because it's, you're still getting the same directional issues. Right. Um, and you know so, where they get that from? All the, the ads. No, yeah, the ads. Pretty, that's because what the actors, ads,
1: do. if you're going to show two subs, you have to put them in the shot. Sure. So they have to be no up the... Yeah,
2: by the way, there's one in the back that you <laughs> yeah. can't see. Yeah.
1: Right. And they think that's where they go. It's like, that's yeah. not an instructional manual. That's in a commercial. No.
2: <laughs> exactly. Right. So you got to show them. Now, now it's, it's funny. And, and I did a, a webinar. In this case, it was for, for dealers, for integrators. And, but we're going to do a consumer one where, and, and same thing in sound room 10. So in sound room 10, we actually had four subs. So basically, you know, one one in each side, in this case in the corners. Um, and then we had two infrasonic subs, you know, and this comes in, infrasonics is a whole discussion, so we won't even, you know, we'll do it another time. But um, but basically the idea is that, you know, when you have a sub, you have modes, right? So, you know, you, you have resonant frequencies and things like that. So, you know, as, as the room goes up and down, but a wave could still be 20 feet. When you get into infrasonic, so when you start getting at really below 40 hertz but you know as you get 40 hertz and as you get into 15 as you get into even 10 those modal changes the wave is so long it doesn't matter you there's there's generally speaking no no resonant frequencies in that room so now you can actually put that that infrasonic sub anywhere you want because it it doesn't matter as much so that's where in in the case of sound room 10 we have the subs the general the four subs positioned exactly where we wanted in this case in but then the front, the two infrasonics were just right up front because they don't have the same modal issues that you have with the other, the other subs, the other frequencies and the other subs. And this is where a lot of, you know, again, technology comes into it. But, but the idea is, as you're bringing in subs, putting four smaller subs in a room is going to make that room sound better than having one big old sub one big or two big old subs that are sitting in the front There's of the no room. There's no doubt. You know, and, and so, you know, people just look at it and they're like, Oh, I want bigger. I want this and that. Or, you know, we look at subs and they're like, Oh, here's a 50 inch sub. And it's like, no.
1: Well, they like, want it they want a big sub. And then you go, Well, you should get four. And they go, Well, I can't afford four of big no. subs. So, get no, four smaller ones, you just, exactly. you need the certain amount of yep. wattage out of yeah. your sub system, right? So if you get one big sub, you're not going to, spread it out as evenly as if you get four like half size of that sub yeah. and it's going to spread it out a lot nicer and,
2: and that's the reality you're looking at equal spl right so you, mm-hmm. you you want equal sound pressure in all the seats because i watch people and they'll buy you know they'll have eight 12 plus seats in a in a theater right so you spent all this money for the size you spent money for the seats you spent money for all this and that and you're happy in your captain's chair which like more power yeah. to you. But, but nobody else thinks that it sounds as good. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and the same thing is true even for LCRs and the rest, right? And I, I saw a comment and, and I didn't see who it was from, if it was Eddie or Paul. um, but, uh, you know, but somebody was commenting on the directionality of, of speakers, right? LCRs mm-hmm. especially. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, in, in the Gramani system speakers, they're, that sound wave, that waveguide, you know, isn't just a horn. It's actually mm. designed to be able to spread the tweeter out 140 degrees. And the idea of that isn't just to make it louder because that's what horns are. And we don't always like horns because sometimes they, you know, they, they can hurt after a while. Right. Mm. And so, but this, in this waveguide, the idea is that it just spreads the sound so that that sweet spot expands. And instead of having one really hot spot in a, in a, in a system, because when we start going in, Josh was talking about two channel, when you look at two channel, 90 something, 95% of the time, it's us listening by ourselves. Hey, you have to sit in the <laughs> so sweet it, spot. Better.
3: You have one it's chair higher. and that's it. That's all you need. It's a triangle,
2: totally. right? right? You know, I, I position my speakers here. Do I, do I tow them in a little bit? Do I do this and that? Because I just need to sit by myself with the drink in my hand and the lights off and listen to me. But when you start talking about theaters, it's a totally different beast. And so when you come in and even coming from the Bowers and the rest, you know, from my standpoint, so many speakers were designed around two channel sound. Mm-hmm. And then they just said, well, shit, if I can sell five point, you know, if I can sell five channels, 11 channels, whatever, I can just sell more speakers. But the reality is that speakers still tuned towards really being directional. And so you find these speakers that have this hotspot and they sound great when I'm right in the middle in the proper location, but it's a waste for my other eight, 10, 12 seats because they just don't sound as good. And especially when we're talking about mid to high, which is most of what we hear in all reality, you know, when I'm listening to the voice, when I'm listening to, you know, all this, you know, vocal content, uh, or even most things other than the big explosions, it's heavily directional. You know, and so I can actually tell, I can't tell where my sub is, but I can actually tell where my center channel is or this or that because I can actually, I can hear that directionality in there. And I think those are the big things that, that we should be looking at. Not how much do I spend on a speaker or how much do I, you know, do for this and that for aesthetics or brand recognition, but what's the science behind this? You know, how, how can they actually support this, uh, objectively, you know, and and tell me that I'm going to get better sound and not just in my one seat, but for, you know, the other, again, whether it's three seats, four seats, 12 seats, 15 seats. um, You know, if I'm looking at a theater, in all reality, I should be looking at speakers and technology that support that. And I think that's, you know, AES 67. I think, you know, networked audio, the fact that I can tune my systems remotely or be in a room and I can change which amplifier so if i hooked it up wrong and you know my left is my right i can literally switch that without going back into my rack you got this amazing system and you're like damn it
1: i screwed it up
2: oh and it happens (laughs) all the time get up to fix it that's right i'm just gonna switch this out or you know
1: yeah giles how many times did you get to do a demo in that room uh just once just once okay
3: yeah, I, I didn't have enough time to do everything I, I wanted to do at the show, so I yeah. I,
1: I, I only heard it once, DJ. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I, would yell, yell. oh yeah, oh yeah, I got I got in there at least three times. Uh The last time was with I, I remember I was with my wife, and yeah, yeah. on the last one, right, she yep. sat in the seat that uh the first time I was in there. I was literally at the back of the room on my <laughs> last one. I was just in there to and. In one of the theater, cha- like I'm saying, like director's chairs, I'm saying in the, the back director's of the chair row, in the back right? row, right? And talking about that dispersion, you're talking about. It's like I sat there, and then I sat more to the middle, still in the back row. Okay, I got to tell you, it it really was an amazing experience in all three positions. Meaning that, like, even though, like, she was on the far right side uh, where I sat, on the far right side on the aisle. So you're, you're what, three feet from the wall. And that's where the wall of speakers goes down, right? You could, nothing from that wall felt overpowering when a pan happened when anything was happening we watched maverick in there we watched different scenes and it's like all of these different scenes even sitting on the the director's chairs on the back wall yes i was pushed to the back yeah, i could you're on i could wall. hear that a little bit more but you have the advantage of ceiling height cuz you had the rear channels right there but it still was a great experience there not i mean it w- it was better towards the middle of the room yeah. But not as dramatically better as it is in like my room where it's like if I'm sitting in the middle, it sounds much better. It's like it's a sweet spot. Right. But it's like if I moved a seat over, my dialogue moves, everything Mm -hmm. it, it, it pan. It doesn't pan the same way in this room. Everything felt correct no matter where your seat was. And it was just, yes, better towards the middle. But I mean, it, I think that it, that is really amazing. I don't know if
3: I can afford to get that experience
1: sure. <laughs> for the guy and, sitting on the end. <laughs> and,
3: and that, then- that room represents half of my future state of home theater, mm-hmm. right? So the, the audio portion is where I think home theater is going, mm-hmm. right? right? Um, and then if you ripped out the projector and put in a panel wall, I think that would get you the other way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well and, and yeah. And and even in that, you know, the room, so until you get to the panels being in the right spot, uh, you know, that screen, so in that case, you know, and this is where I come in and and you know, Chris Seymour, who, you know, runs Seymour, you know, Screen Excellence, and um I gotta watch so I, I got a video of it somewhere, I'm happy to share it another time or whatever, but I gotta watch the masking. Yeah. Like we were just masking it, right? it moved so amazingly fast and so silently. It was crazy. I've never cool. seen or experienced a screen that moved like that. And, and then you look at the, the AT performance of it, right. You know, as we're putting the speakers behind it and everything else. Um It's, you can tell the differences between a perf screen and a woven screen and, you know, all these things that I'm like, Hey, you got a perf screen. I'm not complaining. I'm not, you know, judging on anything for it. There's all these steps that go through it, but if you can get a woven screen, you cannot tell me that the technology isn't better because I don't, I'm not missing holes in my screen. Right. Those Mm. are pixels, you know, effectively, you know, that are missing on the screen. Yeah. You know, the, the woven technology where, you know, when, when you're looking at a, at a perf screen, the idea is that the audio is really coming through the holes, right? You know, more clearly, but right. that's still only like, you know, that much. It's 10% of the screen. When you have a woven screen, it's actually coming through. And so the idea is yes, it, it drops it down a little bit, but it drops it down evenly. So all you have to do is have enough headroom to turn it up, meaning that there's a DB reduction because there's something in front of the speaker. You can't not have. Even even a right. speaker growth a compromise has a TV that can be reduction.
1: compensated with equalization.
2: But the problem, no. well, and 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 even so, yes. But you know the the issue is with a lot of the materials when you put it in front of a speaker, it it lets the low frequencies pass, but more readily than the higher frequencies or the mid frequencies. So the problem is that you end up getting a material you, you that your speaker. Yeah. You know, it's blocking certain frequencies of the speaker.
1: What what would you say, Giles? I didn't catch that. It
2: it EQs the speaker, right? It changes the
3: balance of the sound. You Mm
2: -hmm. got it. And then you now you have to spend more time EQing to try to get that out. What was great about the screen that was in there, and, and we had the data to be able to show it, is that it just evenly dropped the dB. So yes, there was something in front of it, which means that you got to turn it up just a little bit louder, it's only a but, fraction of a decibel though, right? No, no, exactly. It's really you're not even really turning it up, right? But the idea is that it's it's lowering everything equally, which is what you want because I I don't want, oh well, you know, I want to turn it up or down, but now my highs are too high or my you know, my lows aren't enough or my opposite way around. You want everything whenever you do things it's like good earplugs. They drop everything. It's it's lowering the dB, it's not lowering certain frequencies in there. Um, and so that's where I thought it was cool until you get to panels, until you get to the things that, you know, eventually come out. Um, I think it was great, but then we, you know, we still talk about things. I love the Barco and, and, you know, props for Barco for letting us borrow it, you know, but I'm like, yeah, give me a JVC, give me a Sony. There's plenty of ways to make that room more palatable from a, from a consumer uh, point. Yeah. From a consumer perspective. Um, but what I wouldn't give up and to Jaws point, I wouldn't change the technology that's in that room from an audio perspective. No. I yep. wouldn't change the, the amount of speakers and the envelopment that comes around yeah. it and you know, all those things. You could put more speakers in. You could do this and that. You could boost up the amplifiers. But the reality is half the time we weren't even using all the amplifier headroom that was in that room. Mm. Um, you know, so, you know, it's, it's just, it's interesting to look at that. And, and DJ, you brought up a great point where, And we saw this with a few people, you know, if you were sitting in those director chairs in the back, the problem with a show like Cedia is that you're trying to get as many people as you can in. If you only put eight people in there, that line would have taken you a third longer to go. Right. Right. So it's a backup between do I put four amazing seats in in one row? Do I put, you know, eight seats in that are almost just as great or do I throw some director chairs in the back so I can keep the line moving so that, you know, people don't have to wait more than 30, 40 minutes? Um, and that's the back and forth. And so we had a few people, like you said, that went in multiple, multiple times. And if somebody told us, you know, I was in the director chair in the last time and it sounded great to Giles point, like I, and, and you're, you know, I, I heard it sounded good from the mids and the highs, but you know, that subwoofer was sitting right next to me, <laughs> you know, or the rears were, Sitting like literally like this, hmm. um, then we would give them the middle or the you know, or the front row so that they could get a different experience in there. Um, because we tried. If somebody brought it up, we didn't know if you went through three yeah. times and nobody ever said anything. Um, you know, but occasionally it's a good room, but it's no bloodshot.
1: <laughs>
2: at least I, I didn't have to pay to go in three times. But, uh, yeah, that's true uh, too. It was free. <laughs> just kept that's going. Right, in. That's right. Just keep going. Um, uh, but, but that's the thing. If we were building the room, you know, for DJ or for Giles, we would never put that director's row back there, right? You know, you you wouldn't do it because. And, right. and Anthony brought up a good point when you look at a lot of rooms. And again, it's all the room and what you enjoy. But like, you should not have your seats up on the back wall. <laughs> Right, Because the reality is those rears are right there. You right. can't get the right angles to be able to, to truly pull that off versus being, you know, let's say a third of the way in or two thirds of the way or half the way into the room from the front. Yeah. Um, you know, it really comes into room design and acoustics. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and not just trying to squeeze as many chairs as you can in, um, you know, which is what we sometimes do at Cedia, which right. I saw in all the other rooms as well. You yeah, know, where... Yeah. You know, you're well, just, you know, people squeezing in the Alcon's room and this and that yeah. because you, you're trying to get people in the room and nobody wants to no. wait an hour. You know, this isn't Disneyland. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know. But when I um when I came home and
1: I did my podcast on Tuesday, it's like I did my top five home theater rooms, my, the experiences in there. And I had uh, Trinov and Grimani room as like A and B, one A, one B. Gramani, I gave the push for like what you were saying, Giles, is because I'm like, they were both great experiences, but I felt like the Gramani room had the tech that it was more, uh, for the regular consumer. I felt like the tech in the, in the Trinov room with that waveforming, uh, the room itself being a design, like you can call up and have your room built and they'll ship it to you. That's never coming down to our level, right? And even the waveforming forming is like, do you yeah, really, need, subs. do you really <laughs> need it? And they're like, well, you can do it with five, three at the front, two in the back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I talked to a bunch of people and they're like, you can get that same idea of cancellation with room treatments. So yeah. you, it, it's a tech that you don't, or just that, four subs in the middle or the uh, corners of the room, right? You, it, not, you know, but you know what I mean. It's like it's, it's a tech that it's not necessarily going to be that in, entire environment. It was amazing. It's an amazing experience. It was an amazing room, just like you know the Gramani room. An amazing experience. Amazing room. But that future technology, I think that is where. I mean, it's just going to simplify. Potentially, and I, I was saying this to Chris. It was like potentially this could solve maybe even some HDMI issues in the future. Like, how far do we push this entire network
3: idea? Oh, you push it all the way. That's- HDMI will go away, and it'll be replaced by 100 gig fiber. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And the balance. Then, I mean, I, I'm I've been using balance for years, right? Which is just cat cable with a box on each side. So, yeah. well, you know, it you won't even
3: to- be that though. It'll be true IP. It'll be Ethernet. Yeah, internet protocol. Yeah. No, yeah,
2: yeah. Which is just to say, you know, so now the box is inside the source, right? Or, yeah. you know, yeah. so yeah, I mean, but I, I agree. I think it's, you know, it's, it's all the way for all of it. I mean, if I can just terminate, be it, be it fiber, cat, whatever, but in a digital format, I'm reducing the amount of D to A's to A to D's to D to A's that we're hmm. putting into yeah. our systems now. It removes, which is my favorite part, it removes ground loop hums. The reality yeah. is we were all chasing down these hums because my subwoofer is in the room and on mm. a different outlet than my rack, which is in another, you know, area, which and is then I a string this
3: other copper cable. Yeah.
2: And, and that's why we have ground loops, right? I mean, even in a rack, you have different grounds that are technically between the different products and, and the rack itself. And that's why we ground racks and, you know, all these things that you do when you start getting super crazy, uh, you know, grounding rods in the ground. I mean, you know, some people get, get hugely and more power to you. They're right, but you know, you're, you're squeezing percentages, right? The last one. <laughs> but, but if you can eliminate that because it's digital and that was the first thing that caught me when, when I was first kind of learning about networked audio and AS67 in this room was. So I don't need a grounded cat cable first off. You know, because if you ground it, now you start having grounding issues, but it's, it's a floating cable. I don't have ground loop issues. You know, there's no, my source to my AVR, my AVR to my amplifier. None of those pieces are in there. And that, that noise, that hum, that those are the things that we chase down. In my mind, those are the dragons that I'm always trying to squeeze out. If I can get rid of that and keep as much of this in the digital format as possible. That's going to make even a, a medium quality speaker sound that much better. Right. Yeah. Hey, the, no, the noise floor. Yeah. Because I've lowered the noise floor, you know, no different than lowering the noise floor in the room with acoustics and room treatment and things like that. And no projector. And no projector. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, I'm bringing it around again. I know, yeah. There you go. Wow. But, but those are the things that are there, right? I mean, yeah. I, I watch, I watch huge, amazing rooms with a projector in the room and I'm like, that's noise. Like you can't right. get around that. And it's a huge, you know, it's a Barco or it's this or that. Well, you can't, but that's another issue. You have to put it outside the room. Sure. That's, I mean, a,
1: that's a dot. Yeah. That's and, a and, whole and other design do, right? issue.
2: Yeah. Yep. yep. But, but the people that don't like, I, I love the fact that you love your room, but it's like, you can't tell me that it's not adding noise to the room. You know, it's, it's, hmm. you know, it's the same as HVACs. It's the same as, uh, you know, we complain or, you know, you, you have isolation on the inside, but then you also have, you know, trying to isolate from the outside so that you know your your spouse or whoever else doesn't hear you or your neighbors right 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 aren't complaining right. Those are things that we have to look at. Even the sound room ten, it was it was nuts. So we did a measurement before show started and before the show started, the outside of the room was eighty five dB. Right. So if we were outside the room, it was eighty five dB. Inside, before we put up the treatments, was seventy five dB. So like just closing the doors without all the treatments and everything else, it was still loud. 75 dB. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't build a room, you know, let's say in a Gramani room or, you know, would start at 25 to 15 dB, right? You wouldn't even build it because there's so much noise going on in there. And yet we're required in three days to build something <laughs> around 75 dB. Um, And yet if you listen to it, when you were in there, you really didn't hear that much. It sounded good. You walked in and you could hear a clear difference between being outside the room and inside the room. By the time that room was done, and that wasn't, you know, it was a temporary structure. That gets me, too, that – Giles, you you did the
1: Trinov room? Oh, yeah. And did they play – it was such a weird choice for (laughs) a a floor, like a a showroom floor, to do a quiet place demo. Now, it's a Uh, great scene, but it really takes you out of it.
3: Yeah, I, I I did not like their choices in general. Um, you know, I didn't like the Chernobyl music thing that they played at the beginning. Um I, I yeah, I wasn't a big fan of their their choices. The room was fine. Um it, it sounded great, you know. Uh it, it, it's like uh when what what was it last year they had the huge uh Macintosh uh amplifier yeah. room. Yep. Yeah, I I didn't like that room very much, you know. <laughs> Um but yeah you're right. I I didn't like their choices. I would have chose chosen different things for sure. I like I did like they did the Spider-Man one and it, yeah, uh, that with was
1: the really good. uh with the Mysterio because yeah. what was fun about that one is Sony did the same thing in their uh <laughs> in their big in their room. Yeah, in the big room, the, the the big room. room right? Sorry. So you got to see and they and it's to be fair, they ran their system there. It was all Sony, except for what did they have on the wall? Sony
2: AVR with Kefs. Yeah. yeah the Kefs, Kefs.
1: That's what it was. But it was a Sony AVR, no external amplification, no video processor. And they ran the room on that. Now, granted, the room was about six feet too high off the ground, meaning I didn't understand areas. that. That was the well, craziest thing. It I think they did that because everybody would be sitting – because their room isn't like the Gramani room. And if they dropped that down to level, it would have ruined the experience for anybody up against the walls and stuff.
2: It was just so high because I everybody know. was right there. I was but, like you – know.
1: But where that height part no, didn't matter I, I, was I that stereo scene, the overheads. It panned really nice. And like when you're waiting in line, which that one had an amazing line because it it did have a lot of seats in there. But it had a pretty big line. But then you go over to the Trinov room, do the same scene, and it takes you 20 minutes, 30 minutes to get between, and you're like, they both went overhead. They both sounded really loud. They both, I mean, what, obviously Trinov's way better. But what I took from that is like, and I said it to my listeners live from the show, I was like, guys, our rooms aren't that far off from this stuff. I mean, we're talking percentages. It's like, no, we don't have a Gramani room. We don't have a Trinov room. But when you can literally go from a room that I know my room is better than that Sony room and that Sony room was pretty damn good when you ran right over to the trinoff, waited in line and got in there and went, Oh my God. It's, I mean, this is better, but we're not that. Fi- it's not like you're going back to the old yeah, but it's, eight, yeah, it's
2: five times more and it's a million dollars. And is that million dollars worth it? Right? right. You know, and um. it's, we have good stuff. So yeah. No, no, no doubt. And and again, placement of speakers, room acoustics, all those things have hmm. such a big impact on the room. If you know you put those speakers in the wrong spot, doesn't matter what you buy, they oh, yeah. not going to sound really the, bad. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. So Eddie made a comment on here, and and I'm gonna take a look at this. What is it? Um. So Ed, Eddie brought up. So he says Giles the JBC Synthesis, uh, you know, has Dante included. So, the JBL uh, I, think so I, guess, the, yeah, I think this the, is the JBL. Oh. so so here's the thing so you know and, and a lot of us know and, and again uh, JBL is you know great product uh that's kind of a piece off of Trinov, i believe my understanding is that it has Dante but that Dante is for the two channel that it does not do hmm. a full high what they call high channel count uh uh network audio so, meaning that you could get an Atmos system or a sixteen-channel system. So, it's a six. I think there's two pieces in there. It is a sixteen-channel processor. It has Dante included, but I don't believe that all sixteen channels are able to be Dante controlled. And I will check that out, Giles. All right, <laughs> I will Eddie? check that. I will check that out, Giles. Uh, hey, I will check that to- out, Eddie. Thank you. Um, <laughs> because that, that's not a complete statement. But my understanding was that. Storm, Trinov did not have that technology integrated yet. They have Dante, they have AES 67, but only in a kind of two channel, smaller channel count setup, not in a theater count, high, you know, high channel theater count setup. Uh, I will check that out, but as far as I know, uh, effectively at that 20 grand level is kind of where you're starting at the moment. I don't know if digitally they can update that or if it's in the, you know, in the chipset itself. So hardware versus software. Um, but I don't believe that that's the case, Eddie. But I will double check that because I, I I would love it. My perspective, you guys, I just I want these technologies to be as inexpensive as possible so the most people possible can enjoy it. I mean, I, because again, it's you know to Jaws point, this is where this stuff is going. This is where the stuff should be going. So yeah, I don't want it to be just stuck to the one percent. But like anything, it starts at the top and then works its way down. Right. Okay. It's so started. here's
3: here, here's the quote. Here's the quote I'm reading from the JBL instructions. Dante network audio bridge the gap between residential and commercial applications. All 16 channels of processed audio can be routed on a single cat five e or cat six cable over a standard IP network. Dan Dante is easy to set up and compatible with Dante enabled JBL synthesis amplifiers. So I think this is a JBL add on and not part of the trend off stack. Could be. So that's I would love if that it.
2: is correct. And and Eddie, that's why I say I put a caveat. I'm going to have to look into this. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for looking that up, Giles. I, I love that. If you can get that at seven gram, uh, you know, and, and get a full Dante or AES 67, uh, experience out of that, that is phenomenal. Uh, and I will be talking about JBL synthesis. You know, like like I said, so I'll, I'll have to take a look. I'll I'll make a few phone calls in the next day or so to you know see exactly if there's any caveats in that. Um, but yeah, I'll go off of what Giles said. So you know, based on that and what Eddie's saying, if if you can do you know AES sixty seven or Dante, uh, either protocol, Dante is just a proprietary version of AES yeah. sixty seven, effectively. So um, you know, then uh, then more power to him. You know, I I think that's great. But I I was I will say. I uh, hugely impressed with what Storm did, and you know, as we were in Sound Room Ten together. Okay, Absolutely. is that true of all? Uh, we'll have to look. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to have a discussion in the chats, but I I'm curious, Eddie, because I always thought that maybe you're on the higher end side. Does it split between RCAM and Trinoff? Because I always thought it was a kind of a different processor. I'll say custom. I won't say lower end, but you know, a, a custom right. version of a Trinoff. So, so um, Cal
3: does a Trinoff copy
2: or a rebranded. Yeah. Training. yeah, yeah rebadge. Um, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's where it is. It's hard to remember. I, I, don't,
3: I, I don't know what the yep. synthesis comes A JBL synthesis
2: makes great stuff. So like I said, I, I love that. I will definitely be researching that because I'm all about talking technology, not about brands necessarily. So, you know, if a brand can do the same thing, then I'm all for that. Cool. Cool. Sweet. All right.
1: Hour three. <laughs> hour three. Well, I i mean, we covered a lot. Um Giles, we're going to have to have you back, buddy, and we're going to have to meet each other appropriately. I really want to get your – I really do want to talk to you about how you started because I, I love – I mean, we have – we're so – what we've talked about together so far we're so like-minded and we i think you know i'm,
3: I'm happy to come on just any time just let me know give me a little warning and uh, you know I, I i love to do this stuff i had a uh, you know this uh, earlier today i had a speaking engagement professionally and i moderated a panel for ai in the workplace right and <sighs> you know do this at nighttime, and i this this is stuff i love so i'm i'm down Awesome. Giles is like, just don't invite Brett. <laughs> he ruins everything. Um, <laughs> he awesome stuff that he's got making me jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you with the microphone tonight, Brett. Uh, what you know, I like you- to bring it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done
2: that, but you know what? No, I've, you been- haven't. I've been watching, don't, don't I've been watching you more TikTok and all this stuff. And that's what they all do now, right? They Hello. all sit there when they have these mics oh, yeah. and they, they hold them. <laughs> right. I'm like, why? why? But you know, they're kind of interviewing and in this and that. But yeah, um, I just because so like, I
1: have to move with it, I
2: can't sit still. That's, but I, I you don't. You have a beautiful that's, microphone. That's, that's an ADHD. It's
3: not yeah. a. It's not grabbing the mic. I'm complimenting myself.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are a very smart gentleman. You are. I'm, I'm something. I
3: don't know. My I wife don't... doesn't necessarily agree. Well, look, at, yeah. look at all those books in the back. <laughs> yeah. And I've read most of them. Even yeah, there you go. Yeah. it must... <laughs>
1: Are those all books? They look like DVD, Blu-ray. No, there's only,
3: there's only one disc and that is. That's that disc? disc? That's and disc. That's is disc. that? The Dragon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's the only, uh, optical media. Everything else is just paper. Okay. Well, the, the, this, I had to put it by my head. That's, I is saw that. That silver that's, one. Look at yeah. that. Impressive. What is that? That's my 100,000 badge from YouTube. Oh, which is okay. recent,
2: right. Relatively recent.
3: Uh, uh a, a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah, totally yeah. It's recent, stuff. totally recent. Yeah,
1: yeah. This year, I'll, yeah. I'll have to have my son three D print me one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you go. Know, I got one too. Right. I'm, gold. I'm, I'm like, I want a. I want a gold one so bad, but you know, what's that, maybe, a million? maybe when I'm eighty, a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe when I'm eighty. There you, there you go. go. I don't know if I do more cell phone content. I can I'm there. trying to get to a <laughs>
1: thousand, and I'm, I'm like, I'm all excited. I'm I'm close. I'm at like 970.
3: We're work, so, we're working yeah, at tell it. you the secret. If you want a, a bunch of followers fast, um, and this I did this accidentally. Well, I want to earn it, though. I don't want the no, trick. no, no. You earn it. You earn <laughs> okay. a bunch of followers fast, but to earn it, and this is what this is what I did. I got I got uh, 38 million views on a short. Mm-hmm. And I don't even—it's not even on my channel because I deleted it. Uh, because and it was—it wasn't like anything special. It was just like some music stuff. And and I was just playing around. I'm like, hey, okay, let's—I want to—I want to figure out how to do shorts and this kind of thing. And I posted this thing up and got 38 million views and got me 80,000 subscribers. And I'm all and like, and you never have to dance in a bath towel again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one time. So yeah, I mean, because yeah, no. everybody's – you know—when because my my subscriber jumped. our can mm-hmm. jumped jump pretty fast. Everybody's like. He bought them. No, it's just no. Yeah, it's, YouTube short. it's just YouTube shorts. Yeah, and that, I
1: literally started doing them last week. Um, I am like. Let me just try this. And then yeah. I was up. I tried to get too fi- – like I typically do, like we do in home theater. I tried to get too fancy, and I tried to make a short after hockey the other night, and I'm trying to edit it and do all this. Next thing I know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, this isn't what a short is about.
2: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right? My and short like, on take 81. On- yeah,
1: and I'm like, just go to bed, you idiot. And I, and that's what but, – but you're right. It's like what – I made three shorts one day just – literally they each took me less than a minute to do and i didn't yeah. even know how to i still don't really know how to do them but then next thing i noticed my little numbers were like i'm like i see these spikes i'm like what yeah. the heck is that so yeah you're I, i'm just i'm just not savvy in it yet so yeah, in no, all, it's, it's uh, YouTube another.
3: Thing. it's another avenue for content and okay i just got hate mail today from a guy and he's all like I watch your content on a laptop, and I don't appreciate the vertical content. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then, then don't watch those. Watch the ones that are in landscape, right? Because right. I got plenty of those too. But, yeah, and, and another thing that you can do, and word to the wise, if you do YouTube, um, make a video. You know, have it normal aspect ratio, 16 by 9. And then you can go to uh, video.com, V-I-D-Y-O. Okay. And uh, and you point it toward your video, and it will slice it up and put it in vertical format automatically using Is AI. Is that how people are doing it? Because I was telling oh, – that's, that's how I'm doing it. That's, that's how, how, I'm how I'm the smart
2: people do it, TJ. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, well – videos I, I, that i already made, I do that. Uh, and it cuts it down to one-minute pieces. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, my God. Love it. Love it. Yeah, yeah. cuz I I did one last one of the ones I did was it was a outtake not even an outtake but in the middle of the show the three of us didn't want to talk about this one particular movie and I said to Steve I go Steve why don't you go first and it was it, it, we none of us liked the movie and Steve was just like I uh, uh, ah. <laughs> oh. But And it, it worked because we were all vertical on the side on StreamYard, right? And we had right. the movie off to the side. So I was able to just slide <laughs> it over and see us. But I'm like, right. how do I do it if all three of us are like this? How do I play that clip? So I haven't figured that out. So I appreciate that. So well, I actually, so I'll be texting actually, you tomorrow. Yeah. What's that link again?
3: <laughs> yeah. So it can actually, uh for stuff like this, chop the screen up and then stack them. Restack. Yeah.
2: Yeah, awesome. so it'll, it'll,
3: it'll restack for you. Oh, beauty of AI,
2: right? Uh, you know, yeah. let, let it do the work when you're just trying to do some simplified yeah. organizing.
1: And it's funny because oh. I know how to do all that in Adobe. I know how to I know how to ma- manipulate it, but it just that takes just time. time. And, oh my God, it takes time. And that's what I was trying to do. And then I produced it, but then I couldn't figure out how to te- get that to upload into because shorts have to be a certain way. And I, I had already formatted it vertically, but. It was three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, just go to there bed. can, this we can is, take this, this offline and I'll
3: give you my master class on shorts. It takes 30 seconds. Love it. Oh, no, Love three it. hours. <laughs> no, I can do it. It's, it's a short
2: DJ. A short, <laughs> a short. <laughs> a it's a short damn. on shorts. See,
1: I think that's the other problem I have. <laughs> it's like, they're not short. So yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. I, yeah. It was like, a DJ my, cannot do a short. My three hours short. Introducing yeah. himself. I actually am getting good, but. All right. We'll definitely have you back, Giles. Thank you very much. Uh, hopefully we helped some people with their, uh, their Zapiti issues or their future, you know, and people looking to the future. Cause I think if you have a Zapiti, don't fret. If you don't have a Zapiti, just, you know, congratulations. No, no, <laughs> no, pay attention because this is the stuff. This is the education, right? Don't just be like, glad I didn't get one and then go out this and buy a Zero. Yep. <laughs> it's like, so. Yeah, uh, just, but thank you guys very much. Really appreciate it. It was a blast. Um, and I love the tangents. I know. I love them. Brett loves
3: them. Giles, do you love them? Do you? I, 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 mean, I love you That's love the whole them? point. Yeah. You, you know, without the tangents, it's dry and boring, right? Yeah. It's all of those spontaneous conversations that take you around the world. Those are where the details come in. That's the juicy stuff. I
2: told you. And that's frankly how you can tell the people that are truly passionate about this, which yeah, the guys you that are just trying about. to make a buck, right? right? Like DJ, you know, we talk about this all the time. We could talk for two hours and then, or three hours. And then at the end of it, we'll talk for another hour because we're just, you know, BSing about whatever. And we yeah. can talk cars, we could talk about yeah. whatever. Giles, we've done the same thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, so, and that's where I love, you know, getting to introduce guys like you guys together Thank that, you. you know, have different takes and different ways of looking at things. Um, You know, but- I that like projections. Giles
1: doesn't. That's right.
2: Well,
3: okay. Let's not say that. I was just trying to say it before you did. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> don't believe it, JVC. I still love you. That's so right. I mean, Come out with them, a panel, JVC. My heart. Yeah, Oklahoma, you guys <laughs> hey, are
2: awesome.
1: Brett, you finally do have to moderate us because we're like, that's
2: right. That's right. Well, DJ, you know, that's the other way that Giles isn't telling you to get big views is you have to do the negative big kind of you I know can. bash on it right see, but he so now you can do a negative bash right. on uh, I I, I hate that McCoy thing. hates
3: projection <laughs> <laughs> so that's the short <laughs> you you are absolutely right that would get more views than anything and if i mm-hmm. went with takedown videos i could i could just kill it with takedown oh. videos but uh i, 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 I yeah I, I,
1: I see stuff on oh, and dude. i'm like the takedowns that you could do i'm just like yeah. There's a problem here. There's a problem there. That's like, well, hmm, that's accurate information, but tell them the rest of it, too. <laughs> well, like, that's, and
2: that's thing, right. You know, I I love being objective. I'm the first mm-hmm. to say and most anybody that's known me, I, I will say if there's something negative on a kaleidoscape, if there's something ne- yeah. like I, I try to be objective because that's what you're trying to do is educate. Right. Mm-hmm. And if somebody wants something great and if they don't, then that's fine, too. I'm just there to educate. But, you know, yeah, you know, the guys that are just taking down like most of these other brands, there's some bad brands out there, frankly. But most of these brands are trying to do what they think is the best solution at whatever price point, at whatever, whatever. Um, And, you know, my thing is, yeah, they're all available. We all have choice. I think sometimes there's too many choices, which is where, again, the market segments so much that nobody from a business perspective prospers. And unfortunately, then those companies go out of business. So I do mm. think that there's a time where just because I think I have a better way to build a speaker doesn't mean I should build a speaker. Um, you know, but at the same time, you need that differentiation. You can't all have the same horn or compression or, you know, whatever speaker that you want or ribbon or what have you. You have to have options because everybody hears things differently. Everybody sees things differently. Everybody has a different price point, right? Mm. And that's really what it's about is not taking down, but being able to sit there and say, okay, for the money, Here's the best, better, good. Right. By what you think is best.
1: Yep. Right. It, or here's, and this, I'm doing a big thing right now, and uh, this could send us down another tangent, but I, I my objective versus subjective
3: and. I'm not fighting on that tonight at all. (laughs) No, no, no.
1: (laughs) But here, here's what I say. I'm like objective. and, And like what you just said, I'm like, if somebody tells you something is objectively better, that's an incorrect statement. Because the term better isn't a subjective statement. What is a subjective word, right? So if somebody tells you this is objectively brighter, that's a correct statement. Now, do you like that is subjective. Right. And that's what I'm trying to help people with because a lot of people are telling you this room is or this speaker is objectively better than this speaker. Everything you just said, Brett, is 100 percent. Everybody sees, hears and you can't say that. What you have to say is objectively, this is what this does. You can't argue that. These are these are the facts. It measures This, this way. Correct. Which one do you like? Right. And that's, that's the subjective part. And I said this, I was going around CD and saying this to people. I'm like, this is, we're in a highly objective hobby where everything's subjective. And they're like, no, no, it's not all subjective. I'm like, everything in this room is subjective. You know, you can't tell me, it's like, which room, which Trinov or Grimani? Which room do you like? Which JVC Sony? Uh, which light bulb do you like? Which it's all subjective. They all perform differently. Yeah. Which do you like? And that's what I'm trying to, and I think I'm trying, the reason I'm trying to do this is to help people get through the spiel get through the clutter and get through the the sales pitches that are like you need this because it's objectively better and you're like well wait a minute how is it objectively better but if i don't and 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 to like what you were saying well, maybe 2 or 3 hours ago Brad about getting into the forums and saying it's okay to say but i don't like that yeah. right yeah. And it's like, and, and that's that's the thing. It's just because somebody tells you it's objectively this, it doesn't mean you have to like it. Like, sure. like say an OLED, it's objectively brighter than a projector,
2: but I don't like it. Yep. <laughs> and and that's the experience. <laughs> I do the, like OLEDs, but I, I, but but no, it's it's the experience right. is a total sum, and every room is going to be different, and every sound is going to be different, and our hearing is different, and right. I, you know, there's yeah. so many. You know, okay, yeah, you know, it's like Giles and I are wearing glasses, or do I need glasses, or do I, you know, there's so many pieces in there that when people are like, oh, this is better, I'm like, yeah, based on what? (laughs) You know, so.
1: um, And that's just it. It's like, if you're going to say it's objectively this, it has to be based on something, not a subjective (laughs) word.
2: Yeah, no, exactly right. Right? I can tell you. That's what I'm saying. if, If my speaker disperses wider, it should provide more sweet spot. That's objective. Correct. How it sounds in your room is going to be subjective because it depends on the rest of the room. But if I put the two side by side, um, you know, I should be able to hear and see a difference. Doesn't matter what. And which room. one do you like? Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, you know, um, so yeah. No, I'm glad I crammed right. that in there at the right. just under that's the four right.
1: hour mark. Yeah,
3: just across, just at the line, right? <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. One Episode, right. More. Whatever the next
1: one is. Oh, yeah. gonna, I can cut this up into how many shorts? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, Giles can, will wake up tomorrow morning and be like, TJ got a gold. <laughs> have you, have you yeah, yeah. For shorts you've got right here. That's he right. just
2: did the math. I couldn't. See, oh, it's yeah. Not, it's I earlier up even, there. You guys are still, he, you're not ready for bed yet. And I don't even do my content the same way. I just show up on your guys' shows. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't, Is, I'm never uh, going to get
3: me a little play button. 95 shorts. It's,
1: yeah. It's, I, yeah, you're getting, you're getting a channel.
2: That's right. Yes. Yes. yes we will, right. we will most likely be doing that. We'll be talking about that soon. soon. So stay tuned, you guys. Stay tuned uh, or just stay here. We, we might still mine, again, be talking. Like DJ said, we'll be different. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I want to look at it from a manufacturing perspective and, mm-hmm. As much as I love theater, I spend a lot of my time talking about lighting control and control oh. systems and and whole home audio and outdoor lighting versus indoor lighting and all those kinds of things. And so that's a lot of what the content I want to write about and talk about. You know, if I want to talk home theaters, realistically, I go on Giles' show or I go on your show or I go, you know, right. that's those. I think that there are plenty of great channels that already discuss theater in a way that I think is positive. Um, and those are the people that I tend to want to join, you know, or invite Cedia or what have you. Um, so I don't need a channel that, that talks about home theater. Um, but I think that there are other things that we like to talk about, be it cars, be it, you know, um, you know, any of those kinds of things, Eddie's saying smart home episode. So Eddie, we will be, and I would love to have any of, uh, you know, DJ's people on there. We'll definitely be doing something to kind of let everybody know when it launches, probably by the end of this month. Um, I was gonna do it before CDA, and Mm. then I got drug into a whole bunch of CD work Mm. uh, and did not have time. That's right. (laughs) But uh, but now that CDA is over, I will be jumping back in. And the idea is, you know what, the same questions that we have about home theaters, there are not nearly as many people talking about smart lighting solutions um, you know, or outdoor lighting or whole home audio, you know, and what do I need, right? When do I go Sonos? When do I go with a different solution? Uh, what do I need for my house to be able to enjoy, not just in my dedicated home theater or, you know, media room, uh, but in the rest of the house, you know, or lighting or security or any of those kinds of things. And, uh, I happen to just move into a a new house up in Sacramento uh, a little while ago and, uh, and, but now officially up as of this summer and it's the perfect place to like the lighting here sucks. Everything sucks. There's no audio in the house. There's no nothing. Uh, and so I am literally going to, as I'm wiring up this place for me personally, uh, share a lot of that, record a lot of that and, uh, and share it out, uh, with users so that everybody else can kind of get some perspective on it too.
1: That's cool. awesome. Can't wait. wait. I can't yes. wait to get invited on a show. That wasn't a hint to you, Giles. I just realized <laughs> what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, I was talking to Brett. I was joking.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Just, as That's it was eight. coming out, I'm I was like, person. oh no. It's it's tough to get on Giles' show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I
1: I I got to get a token.
2: That's right. That's <laughs> I got right. to get, for that. That. I get that token. You, you can join us there? next time. Giles, I, I love it. and And this is how I met, you know, Joey Peacock, who is on a lot of the different channels and this and that. And I love Joey. Joey's a Mad VR now. Uh, yep. But was that, uh, you know, Arkham before that? Or, or yeah. Accurus. Right? Accurus. Accurus before that. And uh, and I love Joey. But, no, I, the first time I met Joey was on Giles' show as he was a listener. Uh, and then, well, I guess that was the beginning of this year. I think we've done it. That may have been the first time together. Uh, and and Joey and I both joined Giles show together, uh, and just started talking about stuff at the beginning of the year. So, you know, like I said, this is, it's an amazing hobby. You find good people. You want to chat with good people. Uh, and you know, whether y'all have the same opinion or different opinions, it's, it's still all good discussion. Oh,
1: that's just it. I love getting people on that have different opinions and stuff because nobody's right or wrong. It's just, and that's, that's the point of all of it. It's like you go into people's theaters, they're pieces of art because we're cramming a theater in a place that shouldn't have a theater. And it's, I mean, and then we're watching art and then we're arguing over should that art be that way? And it's like, it's awesome. It's, it, yeah. it, there's so many, it, it's the marriage of art and technology and it's, it's, it's so much fun. So thank you guys for, uh, Sticking around for three hours and we're twenty three. Oh my God. I'm going to, did you hear that part, Giles, yet? I'm doing a 24 hour podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. As soon as uh, I, as soon as I get to a thousand listeners, I'm scheduling it. Um, and then I am going to talk home theater for 24 hours. I'll schedule people at like maybe one hour increments, two hour increments, stuff like that. Originally it was a. It was a joke. Todd asked me on air if I could do it, and flat out I was like, yes, and we're going to do it for a charity, but then we got all busy, and I'm like, I'm just doing it, and then next year we'll do it, and we're going to raise money for a a big cause and stuff. But this year, hopefully when I'm at – I just checked. I'm at 971, so when I get to a 1,000 – Oh, you're doing. there. Oh, we're there. Look, you're we're gonna we're gonna be doing 24
2: yet. hours in a week from now.
1: So, well, I got a uh,
2: schedule. I said
1: I'd schedule it. It's not I like am. when I hit am. a thousand, I'm on air for th-
3: <laughs> 24. Oh, I hours. expect 24 hours at that. I'm gonna watch it. tick tick. tick, tick. That's
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, you guys, you have five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I can't lose wait. them over a thousand, I, I, and we're staying on. I, I can't wait because I, I'm thinking with Brett's energy, I got to get him on in the Come last on. half. He'll. Oh, I know you're on. Oh, um, but yeah, bring. Love. all of you guys on i know listeners want to come on because I, I i host listeners as well yeah. i bring if they want to come on that's where takeover tuesday came from take listeners take over the show and i'd let them come on and we do this we talk for two three hours about our home theaters so i'm going to do that for 24 hours so i'm love it yes i love it I, excellent yeah so hopefully hopefully you're in for that too you
3: know five Absolutely. ten minutes Just let me know I, will. I won't it. do 24 hours with you, but I do know uh, that's right. I'm yeah. good
2: for at least one or
1: two. There we yeah, go. exactly. <laughs> Brett, you're good for more than one or two. I'm I know that one. I got to block you off. I'm going to have to put you talk, off. We'll,
2: we'll talk cars. We'll do whatever. Yeah. Else. Let you rest.
1: Bring you back. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
2: I thought about that, DJ. I'll come on. Bring me on first and yep. then you can bring me on again last.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So.
2: All right. Love it. Thank you guys
1: very much Really appreciate it Uh, Any questions, links are in the show notes If you want to reach out to either Brett or Giles And um, if if you're listening to the audio only But everybody in the chat, thanks a lot Lots of great questions, watching the comments Uh, People, I, I love watching the chat And people answering their own, you know, their chatting so' or it's, chatting it's, themselves yeah exactly absolutely. just it, everybody's talking in there that's I mean that's what this is all about so thank you everybody for participating and uh till next time
2: go push play what he said
1: Hey Fred this has been a hey Fred production with theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.